Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz Lizzie, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SCNZ. This is SENZ, your summer breakfast. Ricardo Ball, Mitch McClinigan with you, and uh, we'll be here through till 11 o'clock today, at which point we're going to flick over uh, to Smash's coverage out of Australia. And uh, Mitch, we should talk cricket because obviously the fifth test wrapped up yesterday. We left here yesterday, we were talking about, well, when I say we, I was talking about potentially investing in Ross Taylor to get a ton at 3.20, Rajan Ravindra to get a 50 at $3.05. Uh, imagine my surprise when I got home from here, like about 20 minutes that it took me to get home from here, turn on the TV and they were both out. Oh, no, bro. I know, I know. Hey, oh, look, and we did say at the time that we were, these were hopeful bets. Yeah. Um, just being New Zealand cricket fans, that we were hopeful uh, that this would happen and that we're, we're happy to lose a bit of cash on that. I'm sure you would have only put like a couple of bucks on it. You weren't that confident, were you? I wasn't hugely confident, but I thought, <laughs> oh, it's, it's one of those, it's kind of, it felt like one of those potential fairy tales, you know, like yeah. especially with Roscoe leaving and, or, you know, retiring soon. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe he, he comes to the rescue. this was the chance. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of the white knight, as it were. Damn, I think he's saving that for the one day as when we get to Hamilton. Oh, is he? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah well, but far out, man. Um... Yeah, tough test. Real tough test. Yeah, good. Um, good on, good on Bangladesh though. You know what a performance. How good have they you been? You know, first time to hold a first innings lead um, away from away from their home t- um, home country, and to do it in New Zealand against the World Test champions um, in their own conditions, I think is phenomenal. Uh, good on them. Uh, they played exceptionally well, and they were just ready, weren't they? You know, they they said in the press that they were they were out to try and beat New Zealand in their own conditions. And yep. Everdot after the game said that now we've done it. Um, 
now we've done it. It's the first time in 21 years that we've been in New Zealand. Um, in New Zealand, um, and now it's, it's the goal for every other Bangladesh cricketer going forward is to continue that momentum. So a big, big change, big difference that Russell Domingo's made since he's been head coach there. He's been there, I think, two years. Yeah. Yeah, yep, and um, Otis Gibson as well. Yeah, uh, they t- they talked a lot about trying to change the mindset. Uh, if you ever watch a lot of the subcontinent teams, um, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, India, all those types type sides, every single time one mistake's made in the field, they all go at each other. Or like yeah. a bowler bowls a bad ball, they all go at each other. So they're all just chipping all the and time. They're all just chipping, 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 chipping. And 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 Otis Gibson summed it up at the end of four day uh, day four. He said, we've got to get behind our bowlers and get behind our young cricketers. And he said, EBITDOT's quick. Yeah. But as soon as he bowls or gets hit for one boundary, uh, all the team would go at him. And so then he doesn't bowl fast. He's worried about where he's putting the ball. So he tries to bowl control. So he tries to bowl control, which is not his game. We saw when he was running in and confident. And, and uh, Momino as well actually said, look, he's bowling well. And to his fielders, it was caught on the mic. He's bowling well. Get behind him. Um, so that it looks like... If they get another couple of years under um, Domingo and, and Otis Gibson, um, I think they're really going to be able to hopefully hit, move past that barrier a little bit quicker because there's no point playing in a game. It's so hard as a bowler, as a batsman, knowing that your team's spraying you every time you make a small little mistake. Yeah, it was interesting too to talk uh, to hear Otis Gibson talk about their bowling approach, their bowling plan, because it, it, I, I, I mean, sure, we got outplayed yesterday, but I also think we got outcoached. And I, th- I think they had better plans than us, and they reacted better when things changed. Yeah, we didn't seem to react at all. Yeah, we just kept doing the same thing and expecting it to work. Yeah, what what did you like the most about what he said? Well, I like the fact that he kind of they they went all right. Well, we're going to do this because this is our strengths. We're going to play to our strengths, and we're going to bowl. Uh, we're going to bowl a fuller length, and mm-hmm. we're going to bowl our slips and our wicketkeeper. Nice. We're going to we you know that's what they said. That was the yep. plan. You know, and but we didn't do that. We just kept. Digging it in short, thinking we're going to bounce them out. Well, that's, yeah, well, I mean, that's Wagner's, um, that's his forte. That's yeah. what he does. Uh, he's got the ability to be able to do that. I think historically, uh, if the wicket was a bit faster, that, that plan will work. Like, it'd be interesting to see that plan would probably work at Hagley and work at the basin. Yeah. Uh, it comes on so much faster. So, but down there, yeah, you're right. They, um, they almost suited the style of cricket that they play back in Bangladesh or in the subcontinent where they just bowl stump to stump. Hopefully you get the ball to stay a little bit lower or it deviates a little bit, um, but not too much more than that. And it kind of played into how they usually play their cricket as opposed to having to bully people out yeah. as you do in some of the uh, Western countries. Because even when Tim Southey tried to go fuller, he was going wider. He was rather than bowling you know, sort of closer into off stump. Yeah, he was bowling wider, and that didn't seem to be as effective because he wasn't really making them play and probably giving them a bit too much room. Yeah, true. I think at that point uh, they were also trying to force them to. Or they were trying to keep it controlled without giving away runs, and, and I, for whatever reason, maybe they thought that uh, it was easier to score on the stumps, so they were trying to dry up uh, the lead. And I, I actually thought uh, that's their day where they came back uh, after Baldy got those two wickets. Um, night of day three yeah uh, they actually came back and they did the job in the morning um they it was not a big lead um to really overtake um in all honesty in test cricket that's not unsurmountable uh the batters just let 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 the boys down I, and at the end of the day and i guess that comes down to how much time bangladesh took out of the game and keeping the boys out on the park um and fatigue and that's the first time for a long time new zealand's been kept out on the park the second longest time we've spent in the park 
The last time was Pakistan, 190 overs uh, wow. in 1999. So uh, that was the second time. And most of these guys would never been in park for that long. And then uh-huh. to go out and bat, um, already feeling like one of the weaker nations in test cricket around the world is on top of you. And that in the back of your head that if you get out, you're going to cop a bit of flack here. And so it's probably the first situation where they're being put in the pressure while under a serious amount of fatigue. Um, and I guess the results kind of uh, reflect that. That was the other stat that came out about uh, Russell Domingo yesterday. It had, I think, the top five or six uh, Bangladeshi batsmen. Or what their average was when he started the job to what his average, their average is now. Uh, we'll have to get that up. And That'd be the, good to have a read through, actually. And the, and, the, and the change was about 20 runs per player. Wow. And that, in terms of average, which is uh, just that's a, that's a mammoth change. That's huge. That actually is huge. And I wonder how much of that is mindset as well. You know, just giving like you know a lot of the stuff we're hearing is is giving them confidence. Yeah. Behind the scenes, mate. I've been in those environments. I've been in those subcontinent team environments, and and if you get the wrong coach, the wrong the wrong leader, the wrong local coach, uh, you get a lot of that negative energy. You know, there are a lot of, no, you need to do this. One one failure, you need to do this, you need to do this. And it's, well, it, Russell's probably come across it with Otis as well for the bowlers. Russell with the batters has probably come across and just said, hey, mate, you were doing the right stuff. Back it next time. And so well, that's so much better than someone coming and saying, no, you need to change this. Why did you play that shot? That was bad. And that's big. And if anyone's listening who ever coaches kids, like, you just got to let them go. Never never tell you, never tell your kid that they did something wrong. I mean, if they do it 10 times, <laughs> 10 maybe. times, maybe. Yeah. But just let them go. Let them find their own way. Uh, the worst thing you can do is put a negative mindset in any athlete's, uh, in any athlete's mind. Yeah, it's um, yeah, you're right. And I, and I think it, it's, it's, they've obviously fostered, they've changed the culture, if you like. Yeah, culture gets talked about a lot, but it, it feels like that's what's happened. I think it's changing. Last, yeah. It's changing. You yeah. still see, like at the World Cup, um, T20 World Cup, when there was more pressure on, uh, because it's shorter format, uh, balls flying around. Definitely saw them well, in there fight. Was, there was a fight t- more expectation there too, wasn't there, given that they had rolled Australia and New Zealand in series at home pre- prior to that in the yes. 20s. Yeah, they probably thought they were a chance. Yeah, probably thought they were a good chance. And then, yeah, they really, really got dominated. <laughs> and they ended up in that really tough pool as well with England, the West Indies, Sri Lanka, uh, all those guys. So it was it was a tough pool. Uh, but they didn't put their best foot forward over there, and, and you could start to see them in fight a little bit more. Uh, but they've obviously rectified that. Might be, uh, a li- I don't I don't want to say it, but like it might have been beneficial for them that someone like Shakib Al-Hassan wasn't on this tour mm-hmm. uh, because I'd imagine he can be quite, I've seen him on the field, he can be quite vocal. Uh, towards, quite vocal, <laughs> quite vocal uh, towards the younger fellas. So maybe that was a positive. Uh, as good a player as he is, so hopefully when he comes back into the side and, and the limited over stuff in the future, that he um, he gets on board with what Russell Domingo is doing, and then uh, and they keep moving forward. I mean, it's great for world cricket because maybe for years, last couple of years, we've been saying, well, geez, it's it's oh no, Bangladesh is coming out to New Zealand again, or yeah. Sri Lanka is coming out to New Zealand again. Even Pakistan, who's a great side mm. in their own conditions, great players, come to New Zealand. I want to use a few different words, but they're terrible, mate. They are, <laughs> they are, they are absolutely terrible, and it's just like, oh mate, like, why can't we have like a good side come to New Zealand over summer and 
if this is the way Bangladesh is going to play in the future, they're getting some confidence from a good coaching staff, then I think that means uh, that's exciting for us because we seem to play them every second year. Yeah, well, that's the thing we do. We we seem to we seem to play them a lot. Uh, and if they if they, you know, like you said, that you know if that attitude changes too from New Zealand cricket fans, that oh it's Bangladesh again. Oh, this will be you know two zip, mm. you know or whatever. Uh, to now being oh this is going to be a contest. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think you'll find uh, this test in Christchurch. I think you'll find a lot of Bangladeshis who have made New Zealand their home are, are going to be down, down in Christchurch because they're they're right on the, on the cusp of a series win in New Zealand against New Zealand. So uh, the atmosphere down at Hackley is going to be electric. Yeah, well, that thing, and, and all of a sudden, you know, all that pressure is back on the Black Caps. They need to get a win to even up the series. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the bounce back. I'm really looking forward to the bounce back. Uh, I think that. I think they, they, they'll, bounce, they'll bounce back, and they'll bounce back really well. I think they really will. Um, I'll be super surprised if they make any changes. I know Baz alluded to thinking that they, they will. Um, you've, you seem to think that uh, Matt Henry should come in? Well, I think, I think there's definitely a chance, especially if you think about how much time New Zealand spent in the field and how many mm. overs these guys bowled. You talk about loading, mm. you know, uh, do, do you need to freshen up Another that Another one of my favourite favorite words, loading. Loading. Yeah, you know, just I'm, bowl, just bowl, just, just bowl, mate. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. I mean, I, I think if you look at what, say, Tim Southey's done in the last few months, that tour to India prior to that, the T Twenty World Cup, coming home. I know he's had a little bit of a break, but I mean, mm. he did a hell of a lot of work in that in, mm. in that five days. He did. Um, so, I just thought that that might be, and given that those are Matt Henry's home conditions, if you're looking for a change, he's yeah. probably the bowler to come in. It's yeah. just who he comes in for. I, I was thinking Southey. I thought he was probably mm. the least impressive of our bowlers in this test at the Bay. Mm. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it might, due guess, to seniority, might end up being Kyle Jamison. Maybe. Um, I guess it's just who pulls up the most, uh, who p- pulls up the best. I think you're right. The workload that Southey's had over the last little while has been immense. Um, so if you were going to make the switch, probably Man Henry for Southie. Mm. But Southie ain't going to give that spot up. And I think if anyone in that side is going to be uh, ready to go and want to fire up for that, that next test, um, feeling a little bit embarrassed about the result and, and what happened and really wanting to rectify that, I think Southie's probably uh, front of that line. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do do. Um I mean, Hagley's less likely to take spin than the Bay, right? So I don't no think... No chance. I don't yeah. think we're going to see... I mean... If they... It would be a terrible coaching decision to just off the back of a game where you should have played a spinner mm. to play a spinner. Yeah. It's like the English did. They did that with Leach. <laughs> off the back of the people telling them it should have been playing a spinner, they played a spinner, you hardly bowled. Yeah. You know, like, like test was over. Like, it had basically no effect. So if they did that, I, I'd be starting to have concerns over... You know where Gary Stead's head head at, like in terms of that kind of stuff. Because I don't think I don't think they'll make that decision. I don't think we'll see another spin. I think we'll we'll see four seamers again, uh, in my opinion. Um, and they might even throw Daryl Mitchell in there as well um, instead of Rutchen. But yeah, you know, rather than having a fifth seam option, um, you know, that's a stretch. But there's people like Henry Nichols heck, who can do that holding role with the with, with spin. They yeah. don't bowl spin that often. Uh, but if you need it, I, it'll all come down well, to it. Well, I, I guess too, I mean, what we've seen in the past is, I remember Pakistan at Hagley. 
in the in the job Colin de Gronholm did there. But he is a lot different bowler to Daryl Mitchell. I mean, he's a guy that's really a slow medium, and he can take the pace off the ball, whereas Daryl Mitchell's, you know, a 130, 130k like like I pretty much everyone else. I reckon they're the else. same pace, mate. You yeah, having faced them, yeah. Dutchie's sneaky. Oh, Dutchie, Colin de Gronholm's sneaky quick. Sneaky quick. He hits the bat hard. Um, he bowls a fuller length than Daryl as well. Um, Daryl's more of your traditional swing from the hand. Yeah. Like swings a little bit earlier than, than uh, Dutchie. Uh, Dutchie's just got some really good skills. Have you ever shaken uh, his hand? Uh, he's a strong, strong hand. So he's got it's a like real a strong. Plate. <laughs> mate, that's ridiculous. That's iron, mate, iron. Uh, but he's got a really strong wrist um, and, and strong fingers. So that, what he can do with the ball at the last minute, um, just to get it to tail in or, or deck in and then swing away late. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even put them in the in the same class well, at the inter- minute. Interesting that you say that because you know watching them. I mean, I haven't faced them, right? So mm. I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm mm. not, but watching it on TV, Degronholm looks like he's bowling one ten, one fifteen. Mitchell looks like he's bowling one thirty. Probably you're getting sucked in by the run up. Maybe you know Daryl Mitchell's little Flintstone run up. He's running in. Yeah. He's got a Barney in the in the lane next to him. <laughs> Two sets of feet going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes fast. Yeah, it runs in fast. But yeah, look, as well in Mitchell's favour, he seems to be uh, Gary Stead's favourite child. Yeah. So um, if Gary thinks that there needs to be someone who's going to come in and, and bring in some some energy and, and turn a match and, and win a match, uh, I think Daryl Mitchell will be right up there in selection. He's uh, and, and every time Gary's. Got turned to him pretty much, uh, barring this last Indian series, he's been great. There's actually something that's um, occurred to me the other day, and I was like, I don't, I haven't heard any talk about it. I haven't seen any stories about it. I haven't heard anybody in interviews asking about it. Where's Mitch Santner gone? He oh, was, no. he was I almost, there. All I almost wanted to ask that to Baz yesterday. Yeah, uh, has there been any chat about him? Because um, he's he's just disappeared. He's not even in the conversation. It seems. It's pretty sad. It's pretty sad, but such like such a talented cricketer. I, I and I think the English guy you, you had was it Swan say yeah. uh, you've got the best bowlers. You don't have the best spinner people there to- coaching young spinners. Yeah, and I think that's the case here in New Zealand. I think Mitchell said now if he's serious about wanting to play Test cricket, which I don't know if he is. Um, you know, he'd have to come out and say he wants to do that then the best person in the country to go and learn spin-off and test spin and, and flight and all and turning the ball and getting dip. It's not Paul Wiseman, it's Dipak Patel. Yeah. So go and see Dipak Patel. He's the best spin coach in the country. Uh, we've heard that numerous times. We've heard Ajaz say that. We've heard Ajaz say Dipak Patel's the best. You know, we've heard Mark Craig in the past say Dipak's the best. So we've got one of the best resources in the country who's not getting used. So... If, if Mitchell Satner is serious about wanting to play test cricket and, and learn the art of, of test, test bowling, then Dipak Patel is probably one of your first options. And then uh, the style that Mitch bowls, maybe maybe someone like Fatori, just around some tactical stuff, is, is, is someone that he should lean on, if he's not already. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm not upset that he's not there. You know, I've been for a long time been saying if we have a spinner in our test team, we should have a spinner that can spin the ball. So you know that. that so I've always been a bit like, let's get another all rounder in and play a spinner who can who can actually spin the ball. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't have a problem with them not being there. It's just sort of gone so, under the radar. That's just happened and nobody's talked about so it. So you would go, you would drop a seamer for Ajaz. Yeah. 
And you switch Rutchin up with Daryl Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that. If 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 it's been hot down in Christchurch, which I believe it has been, and looks like the pitch will dry out very quickly, then yeah, it's probably not the worst option. Not the worst option indeed. It is uh, twenty-one past seven here on SENZ. Your summer breakfast, Mitch McClendon and Ricardo Ball with you through till eleven o'clock today. Coming up on the show, we should do what's coming up on the show. We've just been talking cricket because, well, why wouldn't you? Uh, your old coach from uh, your Auckland days, Mark O'Donnell, uh, is going to come on after eight just to talk yeah, about. We'll try to get him selection. off the fence, eh? We'll try to get him off the fence. <laughs> well, I tell you, he's not. I tell you what, he's not on the fence about is uh, how, many, how many bottles of red wine you owe him. Um, I know that That's from our conversation lie. yesterday. That is a lie. This uh, man owes me at least a case. <laughs> at least a case. George Harper Jr., who went um, MIA yesterday, is going to join us for some golf chat uh, at around uh, 20 to 9. After 9 o'clock, our McCafe Coffee Catch-Up will be with uh, Ryan Fox, speaking of golf. Um, although, to be fair, at this time of year, we're probably better asking Ryan for some fishing tips and some golfing tips because that's where, he's, uh, where his head will be. Brett Phillips uh, is the SEN tennis guy over in Australia. He's going to join us at around 20 to 10. Talk Novak Djokovic. We'll get more into this mm. a bit later on. It was all roses yesterday. Today, not so much. Uh, Scotty Morrison might be going, you know what, mate? You're not coming in. So we'll see how that goes. And the women's ashes is uh, not too far away from getting underway. And Danielle Wyatt from uh, the England women's cricket team is going to join us after 10 o'clock as well. That's what the show looks like coming up for you today. This is that summer breakfast with Mitch and Ricardo. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. The Chemist Hire phone line. Call Baz and Izzy anytime. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SENZ. Yeah, this is SENZ, your summer breakfast at 27 past 7. Mitch and Ricardo with you. And, uh, Mitch, last night, great result for the Phoenix. Things have been going a bit rough for them, you know, uh, of late. Talked to Ufi yesterday, Ufuk Tale, the coach. Uh, he said that they were they were concentrating on playing. They wanted to play their best team available and, and try and go far in the Cup. I, to be honest, coming up against Melbourne City, one of the favourites for the title this season, I didn't give them much chance last night, but they, they, they did the job. But your interview was a lucky charm, Ricardo. That's right, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll tell, tell Ufi now. He has to talk to me before every game, and then they'll win. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, if he's a superstitious man, he'll take you up on that as well. Yeah, I had Absolutely. that. I had that with uh, Rachel Priest. Interviewed oh, Rachel you? Priest during the <laughs> oh, women's big right. bash, and she had had a couple of failures, and then the next day uh, she went and scored a. She time. wanted you back. She wanted me back. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable as well. Yeah. Understandable. I just heard you do a live read, and, and wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> got the engine going, got that's the for sure, that's right. if that's, that's good, what mate. I was into. Yeah, there you um, go. There you go. There you but go. yeah, that was outstanding last night. Nil all, um, went into extra time. And then Paulson, the young young keeper who's come in for Ollie Sale, who's, who's injured, out injured with a hip flexor injury, uh, was outstanding in the penalty shootout. Mate, how good was he, eh? He was, uh, he, what well, did he say, saves, three? Three think, saves. Three, three saves. saves, and looked like he was going to save the yellow two as well. Oh, mate, he did really, really well. I mean, the, uh, the his teammates didn't help him. They missed a few, didn't they? But uh, he, he kept them in it, and then yeah, he got them over the line. So they won four to three in the penalty shootout. Mm. So I think they had about... Eight goes each, so yeah. they, they, he kind of he saved nearly <laughs> half of the shots he faced. He was outstanding. Um, geez, he, uh, I've, I've never understood why commentators always always like to comment on someone's hair. <laughs> Although, also Paulson's hair is is pretty outrageous at I the mean, minute. It, it looks. I mean, it's a standout feature. <laughs> it is. It really is. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of shaved all up to about what. 
a two thirds the way to the top of the skull, yeah. and then it just it's goes. Just a fro. It just froze up from there, but yeah. then it's flat topped as well. <laughs> it's like wow. That's that's. Yeah. I tell you, the other bloke who's got great hair in the Phoenix at the moment. Well, when I say great hair, uh, probably hair that will generate conversation is Clayton Lewis. Because oh. he went with the old cornrows. Did he? Yeah. Oh, naughty. Naughty. Yeah, the old, <laughs> the old Snoop Dogg cornrows. Oh, you reckon it's coming back? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair, 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 fair. Fair, fair. Indeed. Uh, we will talk more about that and a few other things that are still to come. Of course, uh, not too far away, your chance to win a $100 bonus bet with the TAB because we are jackpotting. From the quiz yesterday, didn't go, so it's a hundred dollar bonus bet today. That is coming up before eight o'clock here on SENZ Breakfast. Uh, right now, though, it's time to catch up with Trudy with news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yeah, thanks, Trudy. Uh, this is SENZ. It is your summer breakfast with Mitch McLennigan, Ricardo Ball, 27 away from eight. And uh, yesterday we were talking uh, about Wolverine and what uh, Royden was going to do for uh, a jockey for the Karaka Million because obviously... We figured it had, out, didn't he, we? He had Daniel Johnson <laughs> lined up. He was trying to play his cards close to his chest, but I tell you what, I wouldn't mind playing poker with that bloke um, because, you know, he was kind of... We mentioned Lisa Royal Preston. He wasn't... Didn't really seem to be going all in on that and then mentioned Lee Thinnis, but then wouldn't give us an, a definitive and then answer. We, we threw the Bears punt out there and said... Said that he said it was going to be Lisa Woolpress. He cracked up. <laughs> he said, so it's definitely going to be. Yeah. Definitely going to be Lisa. Lisa, so he cracked up. So, yeah, we knew it. We knew it yesterday. Um, but, yeah, good on them. Yeah. Um, no, Lisa, Lisa, a great jockey, isn't he? So, um, all the best for them. Um, it's going to be, you know, after coming off a nice win, um, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I mean, Mick Guerin uh, uh, tweeted this yesterday. Leith Innes picks up the prime ride on favourite Wolverine for the Karaka Million. Danielle Johnson, who rode her to promoted win in Group 2 at Ellerslie on Saturday, is obviously injured. Innes rode Aegon to win the three-year-old Karaka Classic Mile at the same meet last year. So he's he's got over the distance, over the, uh, the that meet, that venue. He's He's got the experience. He's got the winning record. Yeah, and the main point out of yesterday was um, that win against Lisa Orpress was her record at Ellerslie. Yeah. And Leaf's obviously got a great record at Ellerslie. Uh, so, they, so they went that direction. So, you know, a good record at Ellerslie from Leith Innes, and then you've got Wolverine who looks in fine form. Uh, now, there was another story too that came out uh, yesterday uh, about Ocean Billy which is trained by uh, Bill Pomato. And, uh, you know, Ocean Billy went over to uh, the Melbourne Cup last year. Um, Chris Waller took him on as a sort of caretaker trainer because of the travel restrictions with COVID. Um, of course, Ocean Billy had won the Auckland Cup over 3,200, so they thought he was a go, but it didn't really work for him because he hadn't settled properly, didn't, didn't wasn't eating properly, didn't have the energy, basically, when it came to race time. But <clears throat> Chris Waller was impressed with the horse. And, you know, if Chris Waller's impressed with the horse... Mm. That means something. So they made the decision uh, after talking about it with Chris Waller 
to leave Ocean Billy there. And uh, he's uh, seems to have got over all of that and is has been has been shaping up pretty well. They've been doing yeah. some uh, some trials and things with him, and it looks like um, they're gonna gonna have a run at the uh, at the carnival in, in Sydney in April. Um, yeah. Parramatta Cup and a few others. Yeah, Chris Waller's got her based out of Rosehill, um, so they're in Sydney. Jeez, uh, what a horse! What an impressive horse! Twenty seven percent win rate. Over it's not her bad, career. Eh? It's not bad. Thirty-five <laughs> percent place rate. Uh, she's she's amassed over half a million dollars um, in prize money, and so I don't know. We talk. We love punting stories. Mm. Uh, if you have been on the punt with her from the start, if you've backed uh, Ocean Billy throughout its career, you would have achieved eight hundred and thirty-eight percent return on your investment. Ooh, it's not bad. So that's what we're after. Yeah. You need more get on of those, those ones early, eh? Need more of those stories. Hey, so Billy Ocean. But we need Ocean them before, Billy. Yeah, yeah the not, not Billy Ocean. Billy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with, good with my names, eh? Yeah. Yeah, real yeah. good. Billy Ocean, was he was like a kind of a R&B star in the 80s and 90s, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> Just double checking that. Yeah, yeah anyway. Ocean Billy. Yeah, Ocean Billy. Yeah, yeah but so, so there you go. I mean, so he's, he's not named after the R and B star. Uh, out of out of Ocean Park and, and Cool Storm. So right. Yeah, Ocean Billy. Ocean yeah. Billy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you have an Ocean Billy tip for us, uh, you know, in terms of one that's going to go as well as that and return eight hundred percent, drop us a text on double eight double three, would you? Please do. <laughs> Please or do. Or give us a call and yeah. tell us why. Yeah, on the Canada yeah. Tire phone line 0800-150-811. You can do that now. Uh, Yesterday we uh, jackpotted, jackpotted we the did. TAB we did. bonus bet. So uh, it, there was a question that we got stuck on yesterday that nobody seemed to know the answer to. Yeah. Um, but We're giving tips out, are we? Yeah, so this is going to be the, the, the question everybody failed on yesterday is going to be the question one of today's quiz. Yeah. All right? It's about how many players were taking part in the men's singles bowls championship in Christchurch. Yeah. And, when some, and when someone says uh, previous caller says 180 and we say go go higher. Yeah. Don't go 140. Or and don't go 128. <laughs> Please. We're, we're trying to push you towards the target. <laughs> exactly. So, so listen to your previous caller as well today, T. Yeah, indeed. Give us a call now. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. If you want to play Quizzy Dag with Quizzy Mitch, your quiz master, give us a call now. $100 TAB bonus bet could be all yours. 0800 150 811. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like a skipper bass. Louis, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies because the ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now, give it a go. Yes, welcome into Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Well, no 100 from Ross Taylor yesterday, but you've got a chance to win a $100 TAB bonus bet with our Quizzy Dag questions of the day with your quiz master, Mitchell McLennigan. And we are going to the phone lines. We have got Simon from Auckland. Good morning, Simon. Morning, boys. How are you? Yeah, very good. And uh, surely you've done your research for the first question. How many players are competing in the men's singles competition at the Bowls Nationals this week? Uh, 280. 
Yes, my man. Well done. 280. 280. <laughs> Beautiful. Nice, Simon. Great start. Who won the bronze medal in the men's tennis, tennis doubles at the 2020 Olympics alongside Michael Venus? Um, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, Marcus Daniel. Marcus Daniel is correct. Nice. nice we get a little bit quicker on the timers. We're being pretty okay. friendly this morning, aren't we? I'm going to start getting the countdown from the box. All right, Simon, where does Bangladesh sit on the ICC men's test team rankings? Ooh, they must have gone up. Um, Bangladesh. Um, Give you four seconds. Three. Nine. 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 Yes, they are Ooh, sitting well at nine. Okay, Ricardo's going to be our countdown man as well. <laughs> Nice, three down. Okay, how many Grand Slams has Novak Djokovic won? Um, Three, two, and one. What was that? 20. 20, yes, he has. Oh, just snuck in, snuck in. <laughs> Those fingers are typing quick, Simon. Well done. Okay, last one. We need a quick fire one here, Simon. Okay, where did the first stage of the New Zealand Cycling Classic take place yesterday? Three, two, one. Answer. Um, in Chicago. Oh, hard luck, Simon. You almost got the whole way. Uh, have, have a great day, Simon. We're going to the phones. We've got Reed from Gore. Reed, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, no, not too bad. Not too bad. Okay, beautiful. Where did the first stage of the New Zealand Cycling Classic take place yesterday? Uh, was it in um, what, in Masterton? It was Reed. Nice Absolute beauty. See, if you were out there batting yesterday for the Black Caps, you would have got us through to 100 and saved the match for us. Well done. That's your $100 bonus bet from the TAB. What do you think you're going to spend it on? Oh, we just have to have a, have a look at the sport and the races that coming up of late. Maybe Wolverine for the crack of millions. Yeah, why not? Why not? I think that's a really good bet. Yeah, Lee Thinnis, good record at Ellerslie. I think that's an outstanding bet. Oh, well, you enjoy, mate. Have a great day. Oh, no, thanks to Simon, too, for setting me up there. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, assist, Simon. Mate. Are you going to yeah. give him half? Are you going to give him a $50 bonus bet? Are you, are you feeling generous? Yeah, I don't know. But it depends if it would go the other way. Yeah, no, nah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Hold on to that $100, mate. Well done. You have a great day. Not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. All right. That was great. It was. It went, yeah. uh, it, went, it went a lot better than yesterday. It did go a lot better than yesterday. I think Yeah, we've got to be a little bit quicker on the timing, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I, I, I thought Simon was all right. Yeah. He was all right. Yeah. The, uh, the Bangladesh one was a good, was yeah, a good question. because he thought they'd gone up, but they've stayed the same position. They well, I, north, I, I mean, because, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. Don't they do it monthly? So it's probably they're not. Yeah. That's not going to go on their total until the end of the end of January. The end of January, absolutely. All right, it's not a uh, seven forty-seven team, seven forty-eight. Up next, we have Trudy with Trudy Wills. Is it time for Trudy's world? We got the Trudes, or I've got you've got me. The, How the, are you? The Trudy's world, or whatever, whatever. <laughs> no, it's Trudy's world. Wills, 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 Yeah, Trudy's Wills. Yeah, I've done so well as well, Trudy. Really getting yeah. into it. I love it. Yes, the, the intro would happen to be that I think the best thing on radio. That intro has been sung by Joey in the producer's booth, and uh, he really knocked it out of the park. 
Yeah, he thought there was going to be a little bit of auto-tune, didn't he? <laughs> he thought he yeah. might get tidied up in the post. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah. We might give it to Izzy to try and wrap it or something, oh, but, you know, I'm, yes. it's my highlight. And, in fact, I had, my highlight last year um, was somebody texting in because we missed Trudy's World one day because of uh, we ran out of time with mm. the quizzy day going a bit longer, and they were like, what happened? That makes me – my I hop into my work van – and I, all I do is laugh when I hear that. So it's I, I just good. put a smile on people's faces. Not exactly what I want to hear, but yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> need to release it on Spotify. No, I don't think there's any Grammy nominations uh, coming your way anytime soon, Joe. But, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it does its job, right, Jones? There you go. There you go. Uh, we'll start the day looking at January the 6th um, uh, in history. Well, first of all, the reason why my sister arrived here in Taupo is it's her husband's birthday today. So um, we're having a little bit of a birthday celebration. We sat around, had cups of tea and crackers. And, um, yeah, no, he blows out what we're calling 4013 40, 40, candles today. <laughs> you work it out? So <laughs> the bubbles definitely came out. We, we had some odds on it. You were paying a dollar three. I listened to that after you guys. I uh, went to, away to write the news and then I t- tuned in later and you guys were having a bit of a laugh. And what were the odds? A dollar five. Well, yeah, suddenly even lower, I think. Oh, it was yeah, a dollar three. A dollar three, I yeah. think, that you'd get $1. on the bubbles three. and $10 that you would yeah. stick to the tea. Um, well, yeah, all lose because I didn't stick to the tea or the bubbles. Ooh. I ended up trying a peach bomb. Peach bomb? What is a peach bomb? This made is... in Hawke's Bay, made from peaches, mm. and it's um, like a nice little healthy 4% cider. Oh. <laughs> so it's like a peach cider? Yeah, yeah peach yeah. bomb. Peach Beautiful. bomb. It's not just a clever name. Good. It's, I quite like it. It sounds quite cool, doesn't it? Yeah, anyway, a, I only had a couple. In a, in a fancy uh, glass? In a fancy glass. Nice, yeah. nice. Over, <laughs> over, over ice, obviously, Trudge. You're on it. Yeah. You guys are so clever. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like we've and, done it before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so today in history, um, well, it's quite a quite a big one for sort of US history today. It was this day that uh, 1941, uh, the president at the time was Franklin D. Roosevelt, and he delivered that very famous Four Freedoms speech um, this day, 1941. And the first ever general election was ever held in Vietnam this day, 1946. And if you ever wanted to travel around the world, well, it was this day, 1947, that the first ever commercial airline ticket was sold to go around the world on an aeroplane. And you know what? It's a really funny thing, the old flying, because you sit in this metal tube and you go to the bathroom and you have a wee in a metal tube flying around the world. It just It's really one of those most amazing things, don't, don't you think? <laughs> If you just ever complain about about things and go, I hate this world, the world sucks, actually you can hop on a plane in a metal tube and have a wee in the sky. Well, I've never understood how, how planes fly and how boats boats float. Right. And everyone says Me physics. Neither, but, like, but if you think, but what is physics? I just don't get it. Just I, it's, that's just me, but it's just bizarre. It's amazing. If we had paid attention in science at school, <laughs> we would be um, we would have absolutely learned what physics is all about. But I'm the same <laughs> as you. I I think how can ships weigh that that weigh that much and still float like those cruise ships with four thousand passengers? How do they, how do they even float? I oh, know. Oh, that's incredible. It's yeah. like we're in a simulation or something. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys up to today? What's, what's, uh, what's the big What's the big hook of the show today? Oh, we've got some good stuff, actually. We've got um, Danielle Wyatt coming in from the UK before they go and play the Ashes series in Australia, so from the women's cricket team. So that'll be exciting. Um, hopefully they fare a little bit better than their counterparts. So. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, um, and yeah. the forecast for Sydney today, because you guys were on it yesterday, and you knew Pretty that there was close. only going to be a few overs yeah. yeah, we're a little bit out. We're about 15 overs out. But, yeah, our forecast is pretty similar, I think. Yeah, there's a bit of a break in, break on the third day, 
Mm. I think that's right, isn't it, Ricardo? Yeah, they're saying it's only about a 50% chance of showers today, so we might get a bit more play. So, you know, the little icon that normally has the little blue things coming down? Yeah. Uh, None of those today. It's just the clouds over the sun. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Love it. Great. Thanks, Jim Hickey. Hey, no problem. <laughs> That's what I'm all about. Actually, we could call you J- Hickey. Hickey Ricardo. No, Hickey. Ricky Hickey? Ricky Hickey. Ricky Hickey. <laughs> Ricky Hickey. There you go. Well, what's on the cards today, Trudy? Oh, for me today, um, this, my sister has just wandered out in her aqua pyjamas with zebras on it. And uh, what are our plans today, Kezza? She's she put little he- her head her hands up to her head and pretended like she was having a nap. Right. Okay. <laughs> Good. So a few peach bombs last night. Is that right? <laughs> hey, more than I'm, a few. I'm looking out at the deck and I have a, a what I would only call. I left the kids to it. A, what I could only call t- uh, table and chair carnage out on the deck. So that's my next job. <laughs> that's the perfect. next job. That's perfect. Right. I need to go off and, and r- read and write the news though. So I'm going to leave you guys to chat. Loving listening to you guys. Yeah, Beautiful. good stuff. Thanks, awesome, Trudy. Have a great day. Uh, question, um, peach bomb, mm. does that count as one of your five a day? Because it's got made out of peaches? <laughs> is, that, is that how that works? If it's got Jägermeister with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a Jäg shot into a peach bomb. I don't know about that. That, that, no. that. that doesn't sound right. Where's the bomb come from? I don't get it. Well, you, you do it. You, you pour a shot into a shot glass yeah. and you drop it into a bigger yeah, glass well, I get or something. That. Yeah, out, I, but you, the peach bomb. Oh, I see, yeah, Tom. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the Aggie bomb. Yeah. It's fizzy or... Yeah, yeah. My maybe. Don't maybe know. it's fizzy. Maybe uh, Maybe it's just a cool name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it is a cool name. <laughs> it is a cool name. Yeah. Hey, uh, we should uh, get cracking and go and grab ourselves uh, some cafe coffees. Uh, here's Trudy for you. It's three past eight on your SENZ Summer Breakfast. Ricardo Ball, Mitch McLennigan with you uh, coming up in this hour. Uh, well, shortly, Mark O'Donnell, the former Auckland coach, is going to join us. Uh, talk a bit of cricket. I'm going to talk Black Caps uh, versus Bangladesh. Uh, we're going to talk, you know, uh, the changing lineup of the Black Caps with the, the thing, things maybe a little bit in transition at the moment as well. Uh, George Harper Jr. is going to join us as well. Kiwi used to work for New Zealand Golf and now, who does he work for now Mitch? Well, the RNA, just, so he works on the Euro, European tour as a TV mm. presenter. Yeah, so, so he's living the dream. Living the dream. He just basically gets to hang out with golfers and play golf and talk about golf all yeah. the time. It's great. If you're a golfer, that'll be, that'll be mint. That'll be exactly what you want. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's coming up uh, this hour on the show. Also, uh, we're going to talk a little bit later on uh, to Ryan Fox as well, if you're a golf fan. Uh, so we're going to get him on, uh, talk about how 2021 was for him and plans for 2022 outside of going out on the boat and catching some fish, because uh, that's uh, I know what he loves to do. Uh, we'll also be talking 
uh, with Brett Phillips out of Australia from SEN about the tennis situation with Novak Djokovic. That's all seemed to have gone sideways. Uh, now the the sports minister, the Victorian premier, and the Australian prime minister have all said, "No, we're not backing Djokovic for uh, for an exemption." It was just the Aussie Open people that did. So that might get a bit ugly. We'll have to see, but we'll talk to Brett Phillips about that. And we're also going to talk to Danielle Wyatt as well from the English women's cricket team. The uh, women's Ashes is not too far away from starting. She's going to join us to have a chat about that and, and give us a, a take on on their chances. And hopefully it's better than the blokes. Although yesterday I thought the blokes did all right. Um, they, they won the toss. They put the Aussies in the bat. Uh, 126 for three. You know, after a mixed day. I mean, it's probably evens, isn't it? Yep, yeah, yeah. And like we saw in, in the test with uh, Black Caps and Bangladesh, that first hour was so crucial. So England get another couple. Um, they could get them out for 250 here. Um, that's a nice start. That'll give them a lot of confidence if they can keep them under 300 going into day three. Yeah, that would be that would be really good. I mean, it was uh, interesting too. The commentators were talking yesterday when I was watching it about um, the English selection situation and why they you know didn't start Stuart Broad mm. in Brisbane. And yep. they were like, you know, David Warner had had a bit of a rough time. Had, oh. uh, you know, it wasn't exactly in form. We all know that Stuart Broad's is bogey bowler. Why wouldn't, you know, to set the standard in the first test and put uh, Warner under pressure, why wouldn't you start Broad and, and, and try and knock him out early? Oh, Broad's numbers against um, against David Warner are insane. Uh, 42 in- innings, 13 wickets, yeah. uh, which is the most out of anyone uh, so of all time to, to their record in terms of most uh, most tests since 2001. So 42 innings, 13 wickets against David Warner. It's just we spoke about it started at all. If you want to put money on, put yeah. money on Stuart Broad to get David Warner out. Yeah, and he did. He did that yesterday. It was the first dismissal. Uh, just as the Aussies seemed to be settling a little bit, mm. uh, but he managed to nick David Warner out, and it was yeah. uh, it was a great delivery too. Because I mean, it it it, it uh, sort of faded in a bit. Uh, and so it made him play, but then and then pitched away. Yeah, and, and, and David Warner is well. looking pretty set as well. He was playing Jimmy Anderson exceptionally well. Yeah. He was moving the ball a mile um, and covering the stumps. He, he looked really nice against Anderson. Uh, but it was nice to see those two working together, um, as they always do. Um, such a great bo- opening bowling combination. So. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I mean, how, how much longer it can go on for, I guess, uh, is the million-dollar question. Um, how... Um, how many bottles of wine does uh, does Mark O'Donnell think you owe him? Because his phone's off at the moment, so um, we're we're struggling to get hold of him. So maybe maybe he's, uh, there's a protest. Well, he does he does live out in Coatesville, so he's he's oh. on a like a maybe a twenty million dollar property out there, or from all his coaching around the world, mate. He's just so, messaged me hey, to he? say uh, I'm in um, my reception is crap. Here's the landline. And I was like, so I will send that. I will send that now to Joe. Oh, beautiful! This, this is just good ammo. This is good ammo because yeah. this guy is so old. <laughs> there you go, folks. You're just getting a look behind the scenes of the magic of how this radio show works. Uh, so, Joe, well, I'm just I'm surprised your telegram actually got to him yesterday. In <laughs> time, I, I thought carry it was a pigeon, usually, mate. Carry yeah, a pigeon. Carry a pigeon. When you told me that you texted him and he texted you back. 
Well, that, geez, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's outrageous. What's going on there? What's going on? You usually have to ring him. Yeah. 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 Well, no, he, he was good yesterday. Came, came back uh, came back to me real quick, quick oh, smart, cool. so that's great. Well, things are changing. Things are changing. Now, um, uh, I think we've got uh, Mark there nearly. Oh, he's definitely... I think I think Jacob's exchanging recipes with him at the moment. So uh, we'll have him. We'll have him on shortly. His, his butler's answering the phone. Yeah. He's going to hand. Even though he knows it's us calling. Uh, if there was going to be anybody that you played with at mm. Auckland under Mark O'Donnell, who's most likely to be the butler at Mark O'Donnell's house? <laughs> well. Well, uh, the butler at Mark O'Donnell's house. I- I'm going to have to say uh, Craig Gachopa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Craig Gachopa was the, is definitely the butler. The butler, yeah. yeah yes. Definitely the butler. And, and he, he looked good in an apron as well. <laughs> yeah. One of those frilly ones, those yeah, those black and white frilly aprons. Yeah, I think yeah, you thought too hard about great, that, yeah. Mitch, just quietly. But yeah, there you I, go. I've got images in my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> we should get to him. The former Auckland cricket coach, Mark O'Donnell, joins us. Uh, g'day, Mark. How you doing, mate? Good morning. It wasn't that I wasn't answering my cell phone thinking it was McLennan. Uh, the reception's not too good out in Coatesville. Yeah, you know, we, we, we thought that might be the case, mate. Thought that might be the case. Hey, listen, thanks for coming on today, mate, and having a, having a chat. We wanted to talk a bit about... Uh a bit about the uh, the black caps, uh, and I'm um, you know I, I kind of got this feeling yesterday after listening to you know some of the Bangladeshi uh, coaches talking things that you know they, they really seem to have a bowling plan, uh, and whereas it seemed to be like we just did what we always do and we just kept doing it until we thought it was going to work. Uh, did did we get out coached a bit yesterday or or over the last five days? Well, I think they both. I think they had a batting plan, um, and they certainly had a bowling plan. I know Gibbo, Otis Gibson's now with Bangladesh, and he was very, very successful from a bowling coach role with England. Yeah, they did. Um, I think we did not get the wicket that we initially expected. Um, it flattened a bit, which it can do at the mount, and they basically outplayed us. They bowled a straighter fuller length and their batters left and played straighter for longer. Yeah, Maud, g'day mate, how are you? I'm sure those those bowls of wine are still in the post. Uh, but <laughs> any time I can... The ones rest- that you owe me for the number of throws I gave you and balls that I got you out. Oh, we'll talk about this story when you're off here so, so you can't come back at me. Uh, but hey, you, you've been a domestic coach for a long time. Um, how difficult when you turn up to a test match, obviously you're the batting coach for New Zealand as well, um, how difficult is it when there's domestic cricket going on around the country for you when you turn up and see a wicket like it was at the Mount to call in, say, an AJ's Patel from one of the domestic sides? Yeah, well, I, I thought he should have been there in the first place. I know it doesn't turn much, but he can do both. He is a wicket-taking spinner, and to win a test, I know you need runs, but you need 20 wickets. And he can close an end, plus get wickets. I mean, the Bangladeshi spinners bowled 40-odd overs in our first innings and got five wickets. Mm. Um, yeah, look, it, it wasn't, I think, the surface that they thought of, but... It was very similar to what happened against England a couple of years ago when um, uh, the Daniel Vittori replacement, but I can't think of his name. That would be him. I was thinking of Mitch McLennan, and that didn't help at all. Oh, bowl a bit of left arm spin. I always wanted to finish my career like that, Lord. You know that. When he got the last couple of England wickets, it had flattened out. It, it tends to get a little bit up and down that swirl and just a little bit slower. So 
It certainly wasn't a green wicket like most of our test wickets initially are to try and fast forward the game in the first day and a half because we know it flat, they flatten out. Um, that thing had already browned off through after lunch on day one on that second session. So they were in a little bit of trouble from there. I also think it hasn't quite worked, but it's the same for both sides. We are missing 150-odd runs mm. each test match there with no cane, but they are missing their two most experienced cricketers as well, and um, Shakib and Tamron Iqbal. And, and Mamadullah as well. Um, so so yes, they're missing, yeah, missing right, a yep. lot of experience. And obviously BJ Watling's left a hole in that side. Uh, your experience around the scene domestically, who do you think is the next keeper in line behind Blundell? Well, I think it's a little bit early to say, look, Blundell's not doing it simply because he's missed out a few times that, that um, he's batted. But BJ had been huge in that 6-7 role where you hit the second new ball or if we've lost a couple of wickets of stabilising and that's what we didn't get out of this test match when we lost when we were five down both times we lost our last five or last, lost our middle five and middle order very very quickly and he had stopped that domestically if you have a look around if Brundle were to break a finger or something um, or the form would go on quite a bit longer I think they'll give him a pretty extended run which Rightly so, you you do to most players, but what you don't want is three or four guys out of form um, at a very similar time would be probably the next two you're looking at. I would say Cameron Fletcher, who's consistently scored runs and done well from a, um, a domestic point of view over a long period of time. Possibly in one-day cricket it changes, obviously, with, with um, Tom Keaton, but you'd be looking at somebody like a Cleaver, I would imagine. They would be the next two. Beautiful. Um, I guess from from that side as well. Uh, yeah, well, that's good. I, I thought you were going to f- sit on the fence and and give no names there, actually, Mod. So you've caught me by surprise. <laughs> when would I ever do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll throw another one at you. Look, I see Heinrich Milan has just resigned as uh, head coach of Auckland. Uh, do you believe he's uh, left Auckland in a better place than when he started? No comment. Nah. <laughs> Look, it's different. Everything changes. That side has changed out of sight from three years ago where you've lost a lot of experience, and that's the trick around picking contracted squads. You've got to have a blend. You've got to have a mix of experience and youth. Uh, It's probably erred, in my opinion, too far on the young and experienced side. There'll be seven or if not eight of those players that are on year one or year two contracts. Uh, That's too big a gap when you do not see your New Zealand players. Yeah, they're very fortunate to have, obviously, Lockie back and Guptal back at the minute, who are both going to disappear in a couple of weeks to go over to Australia. If you were going to give some advice to the next coach coming in um, around that contracting, uh, what would it be? Because you have had so much experience with those guys. You know them so well. What's what's the attitude? You just keep telling me this. Okay. Yeah, again, a blend of experience. Ideally, homegrown Auckland. But for a, you know, you've now lost in that last six-year period, Aucklanders that have come right through that system. De Grandholm, yourself, Hera, Munro, uh, that are no longer there, and bowlers that are retired that have been very effective for them, Jamie Brown, Matt McEwen. So you've got to be very careful and nail your probably your three-year succession plan, not just next season. Um, there's been a bit of a hole there this year. Yeah, beautiful. And looking forward to the test uh, down, in, uh, down at Hagley, who do you, would you make any changes? Are you, are you 
taking that same team in, knowing that they're going to be a little bit wounded from from that result and really want to go out and prove to the public that they can absolutely demolish these Bangladesh? Ideally, yes, because you don't see Saudi or Jameson going that long without wickets. The trouble with it is, and Bangladesh batted 176-odd overs in that first innings, that's taken an enormous amount out of bowlers that have had, well, Kyle's had no red ball preparation. Uh, I think that's a hole, but it's a hole for Bangladesh as well. I mean, Taylor hadn't played for six weeks. Guys haven't played Plunkett Shield going into this. So you haven't got necessarily some of the rhythm and the confidence and the bowling loads up. But you would have thought we would have got enough balls in the right area. I, I just think they, they out-bowled us. Um, they bowled wicket to wicket on a slowish surface. Well, you look at the number of bowled LBWs and Corp Hines that they ended up. So ideally, you, I would take in that same attack. But I'm not sure with the 40-plus overs that um, Kyle and Tim have bowled that you actually can do that. If you want fresh legs, you possibly go horses for courses and play Matt Henry at Hagley. All those Jameson and Southey have done exceptionally well there in the past. I would think it would be a far greener day one surface than that because that certainly wasn't at the mount. Uh, so, on that, then looking at um, the the potential lineup down there, if you if you're going to stick with uh, Southey Jamison and, and not put Henry in, uh, would you be looking? And are you expecting it to be greener? Are you keeping Rachin Ravindra at seven, or are you looking for a, a more of a seeming all round him like a Daryl Mitchell? I think you could use Mitchell there because I don't think again if it's that green that it's going to break up and turn, and that's the issue that they've actually got with no Kane and part time. Well, yeah, as part time as the spinner, sure as hell not as a batter. That there isn't a spin bowling option inside their front six. The difficulty with playing Ravindra is he hasn't batted seven um, in any of his first class career, and he is at this point a learning young spinner. He is not a closing the end or a wicket-taking option. So that's the issue. Is you, you, you know your batting thin. You, whoever you're batting at seven, which has previously been BJ, is going to have to be a, a batting option. So I would think Daryl Mitchell would certainly come into that frame, who's done quite well when he's played so far, certainly with the bat, with the ball less effective. But all his job there would be was probably to bowl overs between 65 to 80 mm trying to close an end and so you can rotate the other main seamers and wait through for the second new ball. Yeah, true. Uh, two two last things from me, Mod, um, or Mark O'Donnell. I've got to be pretty formal here, don't I? Uh, two last things from me is, has the gout subsided? And if it has, I'll be around for a steak and a red wine soon as. And Craig Kachopa has just sent me through a text message saying that uh, he will happily wear that apron if you invite us around for a steak and a red wine. And Ronnie Harris said he'll also run drinks. <laughs> well, you're always invited. It's an open house here, and generally there is enough red wine in state. Oh, that's, Therefore, that's... just get that. And now I've got the landline number, so so I'll make sure I'll call in advance. <laughs> you're in Perfect. trouble. You're in trouble now, Mark. Hey, uh, just before we let you go, uh, there was something that uh, we were talking about last hour about this New Zealand team. That number seven spot was often juggled between Colin de Gronholm and Mitch Santner. Uh, all of a sudden yes. now it seems to be between Daryl Mitchell and Rachin Ravindra, but there's not been really any any talk about the previous two. I mean, what's happened to Mitchell Sandner? He was just about a, uh, what do you call a part of the furniture in that test team for so long. Yeah, I know Kane preferred him for the balance that it bought as he was a junior. In fact, the last test he'd have played there, I think he got 100 against England. And that was the difference. I mean, we were 140-odd for one. 
normally you kick on there and you put another 100, 150 on that total, you can keep Bangladesh under a, a little bit more pressure. That We've lost wickets in clumps as badly as we did in the first and second innings has thrown open that test. And you can look, you get one session wrong in a test, it can force you to lose it. So we got three or four wrong. Yeah, correct. Um, Satna very, very effective with the bat and could do a job with the ball. And that was what they were using him for. He certainly wasn't a, a, a Dan Vittori in terms of as a spinner that batted. He's Mitch is also still trying to find his way at international cricket, playing international cricket. Mitch had played very, very little first-class cricket um, when he got into that position. And that is a hard ask when you haven't got your game nailed and you're still trying to find your way and how to do things, bat and ball. But quite correct. And Colin de Grandhome was very, very effective on green surfaces um, with the ball, which hits pretty good strings, uh, pre that ankle op, um, and certainly very, very effective with the bat, 100 he got against the West Indies. He literally blew open that test because he gets them quick. So you've got a, a player or the players in that position that are not quite as experienced or as effective as the previous two. Do you think Mitch Sandon has got a future in the test side or do you think he's more of a white, uh, a white ball player? Well, I still think he's a, he's a talented individual um, that can do both. And um, Mitchell McLenahan will tell you on a golf course he is exceptionally handy. So he'll learn. He'll learn and adapt. Spinners don't generally get wickets in New Zealand because our surfaces don't turn. They don't crumble um, enough. So your job is very much more as a holding pattern and you rotate your seamers around. It's been a very, very effective formula we've used for the last probably eight to ten years here. Uh, but you do need that pace off the ball option. And when footmarks, I mean, Mitch hit footmarks, and I think he got the last two English wickets in that test there a couple of years ago, that is an accuracy factor. And because of his height, he's tall, he gets bounce. Hmm. Yeah, it makes a, makes a difference. And uh, finally, Mark, before we let you go... Um what was it like to coach Mitchell McLennigan? <laughs> and, and, and why did you agree to take this phone call? <laughs> Honestly, you would beat the batters into the nets to come and bat. If you picked a batsman yeah. in the nets, McLennigan would be in your top six. Oh, was a hard say, worker, mate. Batted four for Mumbai, batted yeah, nine for exactly. Auckland, and that was about right. And you never promoted me. <laughs> never gave me a chance. Yeah, but... He said, I'm not Ricky Ponting, is what you said to me. I'm not Ricky Ponting. Not that stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, good stuff, Mark. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Go well and uh, enjoy the Coatesville Mansion, that red wine and that steak, eh? Mm -hmm. Absolute pleasure. Anytime, boys. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Mark O'Donnell here, former New Zealand batting coach and Auckland coach as well. Uh, On the cricket, it is... 8.23 8.23 here on the SENZ uh, Summer Breakfast. Mitch and Ricardo with you. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. At Chemist Warehouse at this Christmas, find David off hot water 110 mil for just $34.99. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SENZ. It's 28 past eight here on SENZ, your summer breakfast. Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball with you. And uh, yeah, felt a bit like having Dad on, mate. Uh, having <laughs> Mark O'Donnell there, try, me trying to drop you in it, him giving you the wine. Yeah, no, he's a legend, mate. Absolute yeah. legend. And it was such a great coach for us as well at Auckland. Just knew how to, to win the changing room. Um, very positive after a game. Always stuck around. For, for the most important time I feel in a professional cricket, the whole week is building up to this main event. Mm. 
So there's not a lot of time for you to get good messages across. Uh, you want to get them in a nice mindset. And you always have the ability of sticking around and understanding that that half an hour after the game is where everyone drops their guard. And they would go and reaffirm and say, like, Mitch, you've done really well. Or if I'd had a poor game, he'd be like, hey, mate, I thought you'd made some good options, but there's a couple of things we could work on during the week. Um, and if I'd gone poorly, he'd be like, mate, we're okay. Okay, you've just had one bad game, no stress. He always knew like that that was the most important time to get a message to someone because some inexperienced guy in the change room, if they have a bad game, they're looking around looking for advice. And if the coach isn't there um, to lean on or, yeah. or senior players aren't there to lean on, um, then it becomes really tough and they can spiral out of control. But he, he had control of the change room and was a really calming influence um, and a fun person to be around. Yeah, it was interesting some of the things he had to say about Mitch Sander too, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, look, Mitch is great, and, and he's bang on. Mitch hadn't played a, a lot of first-class cricket before he played Test Match Cricket, and you need overs under your belt to be able to learn to bowl a different style. But he's definitely our best white ball spinner yeah. by, by a long way, uh, particularly in T20. Um, One-day cricket, we'd love to see a little bit more uh, wicket-taking. But when he plays with Ishodi, we know that combination. He's just the wicket-taker. Mitch is the holding bowler. So the combination we have in one-day cricket and T20 cricket with those two playing at the same time, uh, it's a great combination. It's uh, just gone 8.30 here on SENZ. Your summer breakfast. uh, It's time for Trudy with news. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Tell me what you really like. I'm not big on my female artists. Who's that? <laughs> for someone who's not big on it, geez, you were swaying and, and rolling the shoulders and you was let it I? run for a long time. Was I? You can was cut I off. Just... You give the single to the booth. Don't pretend you weren't enjoying that. I was, I, I was, I was too busy trying to extricate it from my ears and wipe it from my memory to do anything else. Come on, sing along with me. I don't know what it is. I don't even know who it is. The weekend, good vibes. The weekend, good, good vibes. You feel it? No. Come on. Is the is the weekend a person or a band? A person. Who calls themselves the weekend? You did the Super Bowl. Who calls themselves the weekend? The Super Bowl. Come on, man. I mean, yeah. yeah, Super Bowl though doesn't have a great record for having great music at halftime, does it? They have a lot of rubbish. And that just confirmed it oh, okay, for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weekend. Give yourself a proper name and an uppercut, will you, there? Oh, there we sort go. It, <laughs> sort it out. Hey, um, uh, speaking of uh, uppercuts, uh, looks like Novak Djokovic is getting a bit of an uppercut at the moment. So it looks like the officials from the Australian Open reckon that he had done everything he needed to do to be able to play and get the exemption. Mm. But they, from reading between the lines here, it looks like they did everything except ask the government. <laughs> which might be an issue. Um, so he arrived in the country on a visa that does not permit medical exemptions for being unva- unvaccinated, oh. so there's that problem. The border force then con- contacted the government officials in Victoria to sponsor the uh, visa, and they refused to do so. So this Victorian MP has said the federal government has asked if we will support Novak Djokovic's visa application into Australia. We will not be providing Novak Djokovic with individual visa application support to participate in the uh, Australian Open Grand Slam. Uh, and then uh, Scott Morrison's basically said that they're not going to do it either. Um, so I reckon there's a really good chance at the moment, the way things are looking, 
that Novak Djokovic is not going to play in the Australian Open after everything that happened yesterday. At $4 is looking really nice now. Looking really good. Really and nice. Took a punt. When, the, when that news came out that he was going, I was a little bit gutted. But yeah, yeah crazy. What's his, what, and what's a, the quote from his dad? His, his dad has said, they are holding my son captive. If they don't release him in the next half an hour, we will fight them on the street. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, how what, are you getting out of your mic, mate? <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's got apparently. <laughs> well, it's he's, pretty easy he, to do in Auckland, isn't it? Just jump the fence. Exactly. He's waiting <laughs> in a. He's waiting in a room uh, to be a lit, no, to, to be told basically if he can he can continue to be processed or not with an armed guard. Apparently. Oh, right. So, just one man. One man. Oh. So why don't you just fight that guy in that room? Yeah. He doesn't have to get out and fight anyone on the streets. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And then, and then you then you get into Australia, but you're in jail until you get deported. Well, I mean, isn't Australia historically just one big jail? That's how it started, right? <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. Come on, mate. <laughs> so you think he's bra- trying to break into jail? He's trying to break yeah. into jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Well, no, with all the with, with all the Chinese uh, islands popping up all over mm. the show, maybe they could just move. And over to one of the uh, Chinese air bases and yeah. do the Australian Open over just there. off the coast of Australia. Yeah, just do it on a tarmac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be perfect. Be perfect. Um, I was going to say, yeah, that's it's it's a it's uh yeah. I think there's more to come. We're going to talk to Brett Phillips from SEN, who's the uh, the tennis man from SEN over in Australia about this in around about an hour's time. But I would say it's fair to say that there is more to come. On this much. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt at, at all. Uh, we will get into that. If you uh, want to have your say on it, double eight double three is our text line or our phone line, the Kenards High phone line, 0800 150 Up next, we're going to talk to George Harper Jr. about his new career uh, and ask him a bunch of stupid questions about playing golf and drinking beer too. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SENZ. Yeah, the ECNZ Summer Breakfast, Mitch McClinigan and Ricardo Ball with you through till 11 o'clock today. Then we uh, head over to uh, Sydney to join up with the Ashes coverage from uh, our sister stations over there at SEN. Uh, but uh, Mitch, a uh, good mate of yours, a uh, guy that uh, has probably landed the dream job for a lot of people. The dream job. He used to work for golf in New Zealand, yep. uh, George Harper Jr. Now, mm. uh, explain to me what he does for a job. Was a TV presenter uh, for the RNA, so basically follows the European tour around everywhere. Gets to interview the players, gets to hang out with the players. Does like mid-round interviews. Um, see if you search him up, search up RNA as well, and go to videos. You'll see him walking holes with like Kevin Nair and having a yarn about how they see the golf game and stuff like that. So just really interesting stuff. Just such a cool job to be a part of. Yeah, and uh, George uh, is with us now. I think. Uh, no, no, he's not yet. Are they still exchanging still- recipes again with, ja- <laughs> with Jacob? Well, we... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. We lost him yesterday. He was going through the hills. I, I met. I think he was returning to, uh, or move, leaving from the mount. Uh, left yeah. the test early. I think he was been yeah. at the at the test all week. So saw the writing on the saw wall. the writing on the wall and left nice and early. Yeah, yeah. You made the right call. I think uh, there, George, mate. Because uh, yeah, she went downhill after you left. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> Big week at the Test match, boys. Uh, yeah, the the heat of the Bay Oval was a, was an amazing cauldron. But yeah, as I got off the flight and checked my phone, uh, things went downhill. So look, I don't want to take too much credit, but uh, no, it was um, it was interesting to watch the boys under a bit of pressure. So full credit to. Bangladesh. Oh, he's ripped out a full credit early. That's good. Yeah, that's good, George. That's good, yeah. Uh, lovely. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> now, you you spend a lot of time with people who play golf for a living, and I know that you you're a big uh, you're a big cricket fan. 
out of the New Zealand cricket team that you know that you've played with, who's the best golfer? Uh, you're bang on. You've done your research. I do play. A, I do watch a lot of golf. I do play a little bit. Um, and from what I've watched and from what I've heard from Black Caps camp, uh, Mitchell Santner would be one to watch. He's a bit of an ace, the left-hander. Mm. Silky smooth golf swing. Um, so he's very capable of, of going below par. He's, um, so he's one to beat. Um, and then Bolty, Bolty's obviously got the bug, so he's he's got quite a low handicap as well. And he's got the levers. And Henry Nichols too. All the yeah, they're all they're all in love with golf. I think it's one of those sports where it's everyone's second favourite sport. So um, most most professional athletes love playing it in their off time. Yeah, I think last year's Players Association Golf Day, or might have been the year before, Mitchell Satner shot three under par. Wow. So, like, he's a, he's a proper golfer. A bit shaky with the putter. You can get in his head. But uh, once that putter's on, uh, he, he's decent. <laughs> you just got to put it under a bit of pressure, George. That's, that's it. And, I mean, your job must be uh, a lot of lot of pressure in your job, mate. You're, you're talking to the world's best golfers. Um, I, I remember watching an interview that you had with Colin Morikawa, uh, mid-Open Championship, uh, after the second round where he took the lead. At that point, uh, when you're doing those interviews and you're watching these guys play and you're watching, watching them build up for the week. Did you have an inkling that he was going to go on and win that Open Championship? Yeah, you have a feeling with with Morikawa. Uh, he's just a guy that you, we've got to get used to. I always thought, oh, you know, he's a young startup. He'll, he'll be good, but then he'll fade away a bit. But he just keeps going. And, um, yeah, I guess those opportunities and those interviews are really cool during the rounds. And um, you certainly got the inkling that he was just on. Um, even though it was his first Open, you can just sense his movements and then in the last round I'm a massive Louis Eustazian fan but I just never ever felt like he was he was going to beat Colin Morikawa which is a bit of a shame um, because he's such a such a great journeyman <laughs> when you but, said uh, uh, Morikawa yeah. there for a minute I, I thought you were talking about sounded like you're talking about some bloke from Tikawiti called Mori who, you know, played at the local down there. Mor- oh, Maury Kawa from down the road. <laughs> oh, come on, oh, Maury. <laughs> yeah. Good on, Maury. Uh, uh, look, hey, and I guess yeah. you've got such a sweet job. Um, you cruise around, you interview people. Um, is there anyone you've come across in preparation that you look at them and go, look, that's unusual? Um, or, or they've told you stuff that they do to prepare for a round and you've gone, oh, that's a bit strange? Yeah, oh, oh definitely, I Hard to think of an example, but yeah, I do. I do have a pretty weird and wacky job where I find myself in bizarre situations around the world, and I'm very lucky, very lucky for it. Um, but I guess when you're on the driving range before every round, whether it be a major or a PJ Tour event or whatever, there's always some seriously weird stuff going on. Padre Carrington's probably the number one if that comes to mind when I think of weird stuff. He has all these drills, and you just have absolutely no clue what he's doing or how it's helping his game. Uh, it's almost like he's doing trick shots, but he's deadly serious. Um, but what I enjoy is seeing a lot of them hit driver off the deck in their practice. They all just oh really? I think that I don't I don't really know what that helps it with. I guess just ball striking and height of your um, club face and whatnot. But they just pump it off the deck, and, and they all do that. It's quite fun to watch. Quite a few of them do, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, that's interesting. Um, I mean, uh, Lydia, Lydia Ko, jeez, I was just about to, I was just in my head, I was thinking Ryan Fox, seeing Ryan Fox wind up and, and try hit driver off the deck. Uh, that's going to be aggressive. Uh, so I guess we touch on Ryan Fox. Yeah. He had his stop-start season with COVID um, last year. 
Uh, surely this year he's going to be in a better better headspace to be able to deal with that kind of stuff. Have you got high hopes for Ryan Fox this year? I certainly do, and I always do. Like as you mentioned, COVID COVID's been horrible for everyone, but it's been really, I guess, uniquely horrible for, for professional sports and especially golf. So. Foxy's been all over the show, but not at the right times or not where he wants to be. And it's been hard to get home. He's had a new kid, um, so he's a dad now. Everything's just been a little bit tougher for Foxy. And um, as we saw at the end of the year, he was lucky enough to just hold on to his uh, DP World Tour card, his European Tour card, um, which is epic because that takes a lot of pressure off someone like Foxy. Now, in 2022, he can play with some freedom. He's got Four events coming up in Dubai, which um, he'll leave for very soon. Um, and I just feel like he'll have a bit of weight off his shoulders and ready to bounce. So, yeah, I believe our boy Foxy can make a run, and I have no doubt that he can claim another victory on this world stage because he's the type of player that's got it in him. He's the type of player that can pull it out for four days out of absolutely nowhere. So he'll be just fine, I reckon, our boy. Great. That's good to hear. Like He was in such fine form the last couple of years, and even his scoring average last year was exceptional in the in the tournaments that he did play. Uh, I guess we've got to ask you the question, um, who are the best guys on tour uh, to A, have a, have a beer and a punt with? <laughs> it's amazing, like, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess I am mixing it, mixing it with, with some of the best, and that, that is probably the second most asked question that I get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, um, you know, who's, oh, who are the good lads? The first asked question is who are the dickheads? Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, um, it's amazing people's interest on, on who's a good bloke and who's not, but I can, I can certainly um, divulge into the fact that I, I really enjoy the European time, I guess. If you look at that, the Ryder Cups, the, the European boys are just good fun. Not only are they awesome at golf, so... Shane Lowry's probably my number one man crush at the moment. Him and I uh, have enjoyed a couple of pints together recently in Dubai. Um, and as you can imagine, Beautiful. an Irishman. That would have been great. The, Kiwi, <laughs> the Irishman and the Kiwi joined at the hit for a night in Dubai. Um, creates a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, him, Rory, Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood's a lovely bloke as well. Um, so he yeah, prob- he's probably the answer for, for one of my other questions is who would you take home to meet the parents? Is it Tommy Fleetwood? <laughs> well, he's, his, his hairdo's as close as we get to a female, so maybe maybe you're on something there. Um, but yeah, yeah, Tommy, Tommy's a real sweetheart, so we we love a bit of him. Um, but yeah, like, as I, like they're all really nice. There's, there's certainly a few Americans that could that could uh, that we could ask some questions about, but I, I won't dive too deeply into them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic, classic stuff. And Lydia Co, you've had, you've you've been very close with Lydia Co over the years. Obviously, done a lot of uh, work with her. With uh, she loves golf back here in New Zealand. Um, it's great to see her return to the winners' circle. I think she claimed ten top tens um, as well as two seconds to uh, alongside that win. Uh, what do you put it down to? Just her return to form. Yeah, I guess. I guess for myself and for a lot of people at Golf New Zealand, have, uh, I used to work there obviously a few years ago, uh, and everyone's looked after her for so many years since they got, and we've got a big passion for her and her career, and and it's awesome to see it spiking once again. I always I always get quite protective over her when people say she's out of form and and all this, but realistically, she just got off to such a hot start that it's almost near impossible to maintain that. Um, we saw that with like Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, especially. I think Rory's a really good comparison to to Lydia Ko. Um, but yeah, Lids is 
Liz is amazing. She's she's so happy at the moment. Um, she's a lot. I guess she's enjoying golf a lot more now that she's realised how difficult it is. She's she's like matured so much in the last few years, and she's got a new coach in Sean Foley, which which seems to be keeping her bubbly. And yeah, I think she's just worked out what's what the basics are, what she used to be good at, and how to do it consistently. And yeah, every time she tees it up. Um, I think New Zealand should be excited that she'll be in the running. So, yeah, I, I think last year she obviously did so well, but she could have converted a couple more of those wins. So I think there's more in the tank in 2022. And yeah, definitely. And did, did you enjoy her hula dance after the win in Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, I might need a I might need to pass on. Uh, you know, some some criticisms. Uh, you know, some work ons in the part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, it? That's always an awkward one, eh? Oh, hey, it's like, hey, um, you've just won. Here's a trophy. Can you also dance for us, please? And it's like, what kind of media request is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that is a bizarre one. That is a bizarre one, George. Hey, uh, I just uh, quickly, mate, I uh, saw the other day that uh, somebody was putting a whole bunch of stats together on Tiger Woods, and they said that uh, he is third on the European uh, tour for most uh, tournament wins, yet he never played a full season on the European tour, which made me think, is, is the European Tour harder to pick than the PGA Tour in the States, do you think? Is it, is it less dominated by one or yeah. two players? Uh, yeah, well, the European Tour is also only 50 years old, so it's, I guess it's still um, relatively young. But, yeah, yeah, it's a funny one. The European Tour provides, like, it's definitely got more of a global feel. Um, so, and, and I guess if you look at the world rankings and stuff, we the disparity between each player is probably um, a bit, I don't know how to word that almost, but there's not as many top 10 players in the world that play consistently on there. So that opens it up for that sort of, I guess, world number, you know, 50 to 200, that bracket. So they do have um, a lot of rotation in the winner's circle. Mm, Yeah. Uh, And then as you can imagine, when Tiger came back in the day, when Tiger was red hot Tiger, he would have come back and just been leaps and bounds above those players. But now, with with the way the, the European Tour, which is now the DP World Tour, has been in the last few years, it's got so much bigger, so much better. Uh, and hopefully I'll be spending a lot of time on it um, this year, which is exciting. And hear us anywhere, anytime. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SENZ. This is SENZ uh, and the summer breakfast. Ricardo Ball and Mitch McClennigan with you. Just talking about Terrell Owens. He's six foot three. Six foot three. Terrell Owens at uh, 48, talking about replacing Antonio Brown at the Bucks for the rest of the season. Yeah, why not? Wouldn't it be a great guy to just have around the team? You know, that third career touchdown uh, yardage. Yeah, yeah, third in receiving yards and receiving yeah. touchdowns as well. Um, He'd be nice. He would be very good. He'd be very good. And I mean, the other thing for him too is. You know, you don't have to do a full season. You just go straight in for the playoffs and you might, <laughs> might ride your way Get to a Super a Bowl ring. ring. Yeah, exactly. If they win. If they win. If they win. And they're, I mean, they're third, fourth favourites. Does Antonio Brown get a ring? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't think he does. Well, why not? He's got, he got sacked. <laughs> At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ.
You're on SCNZ, your summer breakfast. I know you're just trolling me now, Joe. Uh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt at all that he is trolling me. Uh, <laughs> Ricardo Ball and Mitch McLennigan with you. It is uh, three past uh, nine o'clock. Uh, thanks to Trudy for the uh, news and sport there from Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Now, uh, we do have... Um, Jacob off uh, tracking us down some Mick Cafe coffees because uh, it is about time uh, for our Mick Cafe catch up. And uh, today, our Mick Cafe catch up chat is uh, with uh, Ryan Fox. Who, uh, Foxy, I don't know this time of year whether we should be talking to you about golf or fishing because I, I think you seem to put one, uh, one lot of gear away for the other about this time of year, don't you? <laughs> yeah, morning, guys. Uh, yeah, I've actually put the fishing gear away to get back into golf. I'm going away and in a week or so, so I uh, need to do some practice. So I'd imagine that that'd be incredibly difficult. Do you have a, a vault or a safe at home where you have to lock it up and give the code to your missus? No, no, I don't. I'm pretty good at it. I, I, got, uh, I got plenty of fishing in over the uh, weeks leading up to Christmas and a little bit over New Year, so uh, I sort of got my fill and um, they've been pretty good for the most part at, uh, at just leaving them in the in the garage and uh, and getting out to play golf although it is hard when you when you see a nice variable five knot sunny day to, to not want to be out on the water instead of be out on the golf course Where, where's your where's your go-to fishing spot uh i like fishing around little barrier to be honest in the golf nice. um my in-laws are up at omaha so i spend we spend a little bit of time up there and watch from up there and little barrier is not too far away so that's always a pretty cool place to fish so oh, omaha is a lovely spot too yeah, yep. it is, yeah, it's a cracking spot. Golf course uh, up there too. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Strangely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, geez, mind you, mind you, it's a little bit tight for you, I reckon, Foxy. Oh, yeah, it is. But I've had a couple of decent scores around there, and they're doing some work around there at the moment, uh, changing a couple of the holes. It looks like it's going to be really, really good in a, in a year or so. So, so what's decent for you? Five under, six under. Yeah, that's still not playing to my handicap at the moment. But yeah, five, I'll take five or six under pretty much anywhere. Oh, nice, oh, man. bro. How good is that? That's awesome. So, so you're you're off uh, off in a couple of weeks. You're off to Dubai. Um, uh, is it is it been difficult to to start thinking about preparing for the European season again? Um, no, I mean it's it's pretty much my normal time of year for going away. Um, it's the hardest thing about going away is with the MIQ situation um, being put back in. And um, you know, I was looking like I was, was going to come home mid-February and be um, when we've had that home isolation for vaccinated people and hmm. um, all of a sudden that's out the window. So I don't even know if I can get home in February at this point. But in terms of actually going away to the events, I'm, I'm quite excited. I've had a decent amount of time off. I haven't played a tournament since late October. So... Um, yeah, in that sense, I'm I'm excited and ready to go. It's just the frustration of not being able to get home potentially. Well, I think we might actually write to Parliament today and actually just say, um, if you can't get Ryan Fox back on time, any income he earns overseas is not taxable in New Zealand. How's that sound? 
That sounds pretty good to me, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I, mean, I do have options. There are a couple of other smaller events after the Middle East that if I do get stuck overseas, I can play. Um, they're not sort of... They weren't part of the schedule originally, but um, I guess you know, you've got to be pretty adaptable as a sportsman anyway, especially in these times. It's, it's been a bit difficult the last couple of years, as you guys can mm. imagine, with... Uh, with everything getting changed pretty quickly, so um, you know, I probably feel a little bit better about it than I, than I would have a, a year or so ago. And um, even though I'll be leaving the family behind, at least I'll have some support and stuff like that, and I'll get to see, see them at some point. Uh, you know, whether whether they come to me or I, I manage to get a spot at home at some point. You might go down the old Russell Coots ro- ro- uh, role, mate, and uh, end up playing for Switzerland. No, no, no. I don't want to do that. I, uh, I, You'd I, disowned, wouldn't you? <laughs> New Zealand's still home and everything. Um, I, I don't don't want to change that. But, um, you know, obviously, spending a bit of time in the rest of the world, it's it's been a little bit frustrating seeing mm. what, what we've done here with with Kiwis travelling um, or having to travel, and especially, especially sports people. You know, mm. I know it made the news a lot last year that, there are plenty of sports people that couldn't get home or weren't going to events because they knew they couldn't get home. And, um, you know, I, I feel like that's sort of not really the Kiwi way. You know, we've always backed our sports people um, pretty well, and that hasn't happened the last two years. So hopefully it um, it changes relatively quickly and, um, you know, the rest of 22 can be a bit easier for, for most of the sports people and all the other Kiwis stuck overseas as well. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's, um, yeah, it's... You've got to be able to do your job, and and family's important as well, and you need that home time. Um, I just want to touch on your scoring. The the best year I've seen you have is is 2017, 2018, and your scoring average, stroke average, was 70.38. Last year, um, you know, you were still around that mark. You were 70.43. Is the tour getting a little bit more difficult, Ryan? Uh, Are the guys getting better? Yeah, I think the the, the strength is definitely stepping up every year. Um, you know, we've had the amount of young guys that come out now and, and are ready to win um, straight away. I mean, probably the best example of it is the Hoygaard twins. Um, you know, they've had four wins between the two of them, um, and I don't think they're 21 yet. Um, so, yeah, I think the tour is getting stronger. Um, I also think the stats can be a little bit misleading. I think last year I played quite consistently. I just didn't have... I you know, only, only had two top tens last year, and um, you know, I, I had a lot of events where I finished say fifteenth to thirtieth, and that's that's where the, the you know making a lot of cuts and shooting you know around seventy or whatever that that keeps the scoring average down. We're probably in that 2017-2018 year. I might have missed a few more cuts, but on the events I played, I might have played it. I had a, a few events where I played a little bit better and had a. Yeah, so that kind of knocks the scoring average down and makes up for a few bad events. So, yeah, yeah stats can be a little bit misleading in that sense as well. But, yeah, I definitely think the tour is getting a little bit stronger. And, um, you know, that's that's only a good thing for golf worldwide, I think. Yeah, we were talking to George Harper Jr. last hour, actually, and I mentioned uh, there were some stats that came out about Tiger Woods, uh, and one of them... Uh, you might have heard him, Ryan, he plays a bit of golf. Uh, one of them was that he uh, was the third all-time on the European tour in terms of tournament wins, with it, despite never having played a full season. Um, which, you know, I was talking to George about that and su- suggested that 
the European tour is harder to pick, doesn't get dominated by, say, a handful of players every every season. But do you think that's changing as well? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's always, I think golf in general, if you take Tiger out of it, golf in general has always been pretty hard to pick. I mean, I think at, at his peak, he had a win ratio of about 30%, which is unheard of mm. um, in, in golf. So, yeah, I, I think the European Tour has always had, it's obviously not been as strong as the PJ Tour, but I think we play in a lot more varying conditions as well. So I think it, it tends to suit um, you know, certain players for certain conditions. You know, you go and play in Scotland and, and wind and rain and, you know, the Scots and the Irish and the English tend to love that. And a lot of, you know, some of the guys from Spain who are used to warmer weather don't like that. Mm. We go and play in Asia um, on very different grasses. And, you know, that's pretty hard to get used to. And, uh, you know, the, the Asian guys um, get used to, you know, obviously they grow up playing in, in those conditions and are, are very dangerous there. And then you can go and play in South Africa on different grass again and a lot of it at altitude. And all the South African boys... Just grew up to playing like that, and they yeah. are they are incredibly hard to beat at home. So I think there's a there's there's also a little bit of that on the European tour. There's a bit more of a home game advantage kind of thing, um, maybe compared to what the PGA Tour does. You know, they do have their their swings. You know, the Florida swing where they play Bermuda grass mainly, which is very different to what they'd play in California. Um, and certain guys, you know, grow up on different grasses, but. I think it's nowhere near as varied as what we have in Europe, which is probably why it's a little bit harder to pick. Yeah, um, I just want to come back a little bit before uh, back to home, mate. Um, you have your uh, Fox and Fishing Golf Festival. Um, it happened last year for the first time, is that right, Ryan? Um, and it was a success, major success, raising some funds for um, Waihee Beach Lifeguard Services and Waihee Beach Volunteer Coast Guard. Is that going ahead again this year, mate? Um, looked like such a great event. Yeah, it was our second one last year, um, and I think we raised we raised about twenty four grand each for for both of those charities. That's awesome. Um, and everyone had a great time, uh, and it's it's going ahead again this year. Um, I think the dates are the third, fourth, and fifth of March. Um, so I'm I'm kind of stuck at the moment. If I can get back in the country or not, I'm going to try my best. Um, there are some Sport New Zealand spots available. Um, for quarantine, so if I can get the date I want, I can get back for that. If not, uh, I think the old man might have to to carry the torch for this event. But um, you know, I think that there's Eric Murray's going to be back this year for it. Um, Neil Wagner, I think, is back. Potentially a couple of other guys, a couple of other cricketers are, are coming down to join. Are come, well, coming up to join potentially as well. So um, we've got a pretty good crew, and I certainly hope I can. Uh, be back in the country for it. Well, you at least get in a on a charity life. exemption, I would have thought, as well. Well, yeah, that that would be nice. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm sort of hoping potentially there might be one through the New Zealand Open as well um, because True. they have been given some spots for quarantine. I just don't know what the dates are going to be, and I'd obviously like to be back in the country to play that. So, And that's exciting, um, isn't it? Um, such a great thing. Like the first three or uh, qualify to go through to the Open Championship? Yeah, yeah. So they basically take three of the first three of the top ten who are who are not exempt. So it's, I mean, more than likely going to be the top three get get an open qualifying spot, and that's pretty awesome. I mean, it's the 150th at St Andrews. I played my first major at St Andrews in 2015, and it's just 
it's an awesome place. So to, to you know, to have a chance of potentially three Kiwis qualifying and going to that would uh, is a big coup for the New Zealand Open. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely massive. Uh, there's a big lump of a left hander uh, in the studio, mate. Jonesing for an invite to the uh, to the to the Fox Classic just quietly too, in case you didn't pick up that hint that he was dropping. <laughs> <laughs> Always oh, happy to help out, we, Foxy. I think we can we can, we, we can we can find a spot for him. Oh, good. Good, good, good. He was. He, I don't know if you picked that up. He was definitely fishing for it, mate. Um, but uh, uh, on your fishing, uh, how many days did you get away, and and how much did you do out of Waihee? Because I know that's you mentioned Omaha and Little Barrier before, but I know uh, around Waihee's been a favourite spot over the years. Yeah, we actually. I didn't make it down to Waihee um, this time over Christmas. Uh, we ended up uh, in the Bay of Islands with my my in laws and family up there. Um, but our plan was to go down to Waihee and spend some time around the. The charity event. Um, spend a few extra days with the family down there, and sort of do our our traditional Christmas holiday down down there in March. So I'm, I'm certainly hoping that that can still go ahead. But I, I love the fishing down there. It's a little bit. I find it a little bit harder than the Hauraki Gulf at times. I haven't fished down there quite as much as um, as as I have other places, or especially the Hauraki Gulf. But um, you know, going out to Mare Island and, and fishing out there is a pretty spectacular place. And um, you know, anyone in that area, you know, I'd reckon, I highly recommend it on a good day. Even if you don't catch any fish, it's a pretty cool place to be. And um, I'm certainly looking forward to to getting back down there, hopefully in March. Yeah, well, they said they, they they spotted quite a few great whites down there pre-Christmas. They were saying they you know more than usual. Um, which is uh, which is always going to make uh, fishing interesting, mate. Uh, what what would be the the preference for you a uh, a round with Greg Norman, the uh, the original Great White in his heyday, or, or hooking one of those big Noahs up off Waihee? Um, well, technically, you're not supposed to catch the, the big brothers. <laughs> come um, on, you could tag and release, tag come and on, release. Come on, Foxy. They're, they're a protected species, so I can't say I'd like to catch one of them because that's <laughs> technically illegal. But um, I certainly wouldn't mind seeing one of them come to the back of the boat. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it, yeah, it'd be pretty hard to turn around a golf down with 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 the shark but in the his shark. heyday. I mean, he was he was incredibly good. Do you re- do you reckon he'd he'd play golf now with his shirt off? Uh, highly likely. <laughs> hey, uh, we had George on just before, mate. Um, he he's talking you up. Um, he obviously followed you quite closely last year. Um, he he reckons you're going to return to the winners' circle this year, mate. And and I back you in as well. Um, I think it's been awesome to watch your journey so far, and I feel like you'll you'll have those plans in place this year to really dominate the tour, mate. So wish you all the best. Uh, it's been outstanding talking to you again, mate. Um, and thanks for carrying my uh, junior penance team at Whitford Golf Club. Uh, <laughs> Back in the day, I really appreciate that. It was it was a pleasure after I lost five and four every week to go and and watch your game finish off and watch some great golf. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having thanks for having me, boys, and have a good one. Yeah, you too, Foxy. Go well, mate. Go well. You, you didn't tell me before we got Foxy on that you'd play junior penance with him. <laughs> yeah. You kept that very secret. I might have pumped him with some more information. Actually, <laughs> is is Foxy still there? Have we still got him? Have we still got him? Uh, Foxy, uh, sorry, sorry, mate. I, I know you thought you were off the hook there, but Mitch has kept that very quiet. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. We lost him. Oh, mate, well, well played, Mitch. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving you that, am I? Uh, no, no. Oh, mate, how many years did you play junior penance? Oh, yeah, enough. Enough? Yeah, enough. Yeah, it was and awesome, Five and actually. four, eh? 
Oh, mate, I was, I was terrible. I was terrible. If I, yeah, if I could eke out a, a two-and-one win, um, we were doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you strike me, given, you know, you're the big, fast bowler, you build and everything, very much uh, you drive all day, but you're a bit uh, lacking in the short game. Is that, did that uh, be correct? The other way round, actually. Oh, really? Cover. I've got impeccable touch. Impeccable yeah. touch, yeah. She's very, very delicate hands, me. Yeah, around the greens, <laughs> I was exceptional. And drain putts from any, anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. Oh. Usually always putting for par. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all right, though. In my book, that's good. No, well, putting for par from 20 feet, 30 yeah. feet. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe <laughs> from, a, from a long way away. But, uh, yeah, no, he was um, always growing up. You could just see that. He had the, uh, initially played with him at Pakaranga Golf Course as a junior. He moved to Whitford. Then I shifted across there as well. And um, just awesome to watch, even at a young age, how far he could hit the ball. Um, you used to have one of those, uh, the old Callaways and uh, EC, uh, ERCs, and it just just makes a different sound to any other guy um, I'd ever heard hit a golf ball. Um, and so it was no surprise to me um, to see that he took off the way he took off. So uh, he was outstanding, mate. But, geez, he could play some cricket as well. Oh, cricket yeah, and footy, cricket. yeah. Yeah. He had one of the strongest arms, um, throwing arms, that yep. I've, I've still to this day I've ever seen. Did he play at Howard Pack? He did play at Howick Pack, the mighty Howick Pack. Yeah, yeah. Produced some pretty good golfers over the uh, over the years. Golfers? Uh, golfers, cricketers over the years. Yeah. And golfers probably. Yeah, yeah. and fair. golfers, yeah. Yeah, a few who um, who always like to tell you that they're not as good as they are, like Dick, Dipak Patel. Dipak Patel. He's always say that he's uh, playing off a 14 when he's like a genuine four. Yeah, well, <laughs> Kerry Wormsley, he came out of there too. Kerry Wormsley, yeah, yeah, he was a great cricketer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've we had loads, mate. We, we could have put out, almost put out a New Zealand team, I reckon, over out, the last 10 years. Blair Pocock? Blair Pocock, uh, yeah, Derek DeBorda, um, Andy Mackay. Yeah. Uh, if you remember Andy Mackay, Nick Craig, um, yeah, myself, um, yeah, Munro, Glenn yeah. Phillips, all those guys. So, yeah, we are a proper, proper side. Um, Jamie Brown, who plays, will play for Auckland. Matt McEwen was there as well. We had a proper first class side, mate. Yeah, yeah real, real good side. wasn't bad at all. Yeah, wasn't real, bad at all. Yeah, real good pack. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Uh, and what was Foxy's strength as a cricketer? Was he? Was he? A, he, he, he it was he a batter. It was a batter. Struck me as a batter number five. Yeah. Number uh, four, number five. Yeah. He and then he opened for a while as well. Oh, yeah. um, hit the ball hard, as you'd imagine. Mm. Used to have this. Uh, Kind of had the golf cock, almost like a a, a baseball like load up, um, strong wrists, and just used to hit square at a wicket and hit strong. Uh, he was pretty impressive. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. All right, just an all round sportsman. And what do you expect? Yeah, well, <laughs> we need to get him in one of those black clashes that they do. You know, you oh, can go yeah. play for the rugby. Hey, team, you know maybe. that team we we're talking about those three the guys who could go across three different sports. Foxy's not a bad boy of New Zealand golf, but you know he could be that third person. He and, could be. Yeah, just be. wouldn't it be great? Three different sports, three people. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, thing. They're so multi-talented. Yeah, you know those guys that can just pick up and do anything. Oh no, oh yeah. blessed, isn't he? Yeah, hey. very much. So. I was, I'm looking forward to see how it goes this year. Yeah, no, it's gonna be great to follow him. Uh, yeah. Those uh, tournaments that are coming up, are, I think January the 20th is the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship, and then January 27th is the Slin, Slink IO Dubai Desert Classic. Yeah, they're both worth eight million US. Both those two <laughs> tournaments, not bad. Just, just a little bit of cash, just, eh? just a little bit of coin. Yeah, so mate. see, wouldn't that? So that's what I don't understand about this. This stuff. Um, he's going overseas. Mm. He earns half a million dollars a year. Yeah, plus best year he's earning two million dollars. He should like if if he can't come home when he wants to come home because mm. he's doing a job and he's in New Zealand. He's a New Zealand athlete. Hundred percent. 
Hundred percent. You know, he's out there for any anyone else around the world. They should get tax exemptions. You know, if you can't get back when you want to get back and you're double double jabbed, you should get tax exemptions. Mm. Well, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good call. It's a good call. It's 23 past nine here on SCNZ. This is your summer breakfast. Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball with you through until 11 o'clock today. Coming up shortly, we're going to be talking tennis with Brett Phillips. To 10 Saturdays with Louie and Mick. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SCNZ. It's SENZ Summer Breakfast with Ricardo and Mitch at uh, 9.28. And Mitch, we've had a text come through on double eight double three from Kevin. Um, that you are probably better placed than me to answer this question. Uh, question, lads. Has Ish Sodi worked hard enough to get the best out of his ability at test level? I think the answer is pretty similar to the answer Mark O'Donnell gave towards Mitchell Satner. The amount of games he's played or consistently played um, domestically in first-class cricket is, is, hasn't been consistent and he hasn't played enough to get that rhythm because he's, our, our test, our one-day team's always playing, our T20 team's always playing. So that, that's not, the onus isn't on him to not have done the work, it's not having the opportunities to do the work on the Red Bull game. Pretty much because the demands of international white ball cricket are so high that you just don't get to work on those skills as much and it's a different pace, it's a different style. Um, and and for him, the focus would have been that white ball stuff because that's that's where he saw himself winning a World Cup or winning a uh, championship. I guess if the World Test Championship was in play a little bit earlier, would have Isha's focus been more on four-day cricket um, and putting that extra time in? But the schedules are so packed now. It's so difficult for a spinner who's got to bowl two different ways, and they have to bowl two different ways. It's two mm. different speeds. More variations in white ball stuff, um, less variations, more consistency um, at test level. Um, so it's just there's just not the opportunity, I don't think, in the new calendar for people to be able to do both. Mm, yeah, it's interesting, eh? Interesting. Do you think, given it's a struggle for him to get a contract in the IPL, given the dearth of spinners that India already have, so they're less likely to get an import, probably the CPL a bit similar. Do you reckon he's better to focus on the on the longer form of the game? Uh, no, he does really well in the CPL. Um, he's done really well in the CPL. So every other tournament outside yep. of IPL, it's fine. like love spinners, yeah, love right. spinners, they get paid like top dollar, top dollar. So those leggies, yeah, they might, leggies and, and of uh, good spinners spinning all around us might not get picked up so much um, in the IPL, but they can definitely make money in the UK, um, CPL, all the PSL, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they do well. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, coming up shortly, we're going to be talking tennis with Brett Phillips and that Novak Djokovic situation ahead of the Australian Open starting. Uh, right now, though, it's time for Trudy with news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Drop, weather with Rosine, proud partners of the Ashes coverage today on SENZ. This is SENZ, your summer breakfast, Ricardo Ball and uh, Mitch McLennigan with you. It is 28 away from uh, 10. That's, that's much, that's much yeah, better, Joe. You look Joe. a bit happier. It's much better. a bit happier. <laughs> a bloke who can actually sing, um, doing a decent song with some guitars in it. That's all, that's all, that's all I ask. <laughs> it's all you ask. It's not too much to ask. It's no. not too much to ask. Now, uh, we've got... Um, 
uh, Brett Phillips coming on from uh, SEN in Australia. He's the, the tennis guy for SEN Australia. He's going to be talking to us about Novak Djokovic. Now, if you're not up to date with where Novak Djokovic is, yesterday it came out that he'd been given a medical exemption uh, to play in the Australian Open, but... The uh, Prime Minister of Australia has said we will not be providing Novak Djokovic with an individual visa application support to participate in that Grand Slam. Uh, and the, and the, basically the Victorians uh, Parliament have said the same. Um, so Djokovic is now in limbo. But here's Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia. This is what he said about the Novak Djokovic situation. Come on, Joe, listen. Listen, pay attention. Well, my view is that any individual seeking to enter Australia must comply with our border requirements. Now, Novak Djokovic, when he arrives in Australia, I'm not quite sure when he's going to turn up, but I don't think it's too far away, he has to, because if he's not vaccinated, he must provide acceptable proof that he cannot be vaccinated for medical reasons um, and to be able to access the same travel arrangements as fully vaccinated travellers. So we await his presentation and what evidence he provides to support that. If that evidence is insufficient, then he won't be treated any different to anyone else and he'll be on the next plane home. So uh, there should be no special rules for Novak Djokovic at all, not, none whatsoever. And so if medical uh, exemptions have been provided by medical profession professionals and that's been furnished to him as a, a proviso for him to get on that plane, well, that will have to stack up um, when he arrives in Australia. So, yeah, so that was what he said, right, uh, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, which, you know, is interesting because it turns out that Novak Djokovic hasn't said that he's not vaccinated, but he's refused to confirm he has been vaccinated. So the tournament director, Craig Tiley, has said it would be helpful if he would clarify that, and if he isn't, uh, give us a decent reason as to why so we can kind of try and work through those exemptions. So it's looking increasingly likely we're probably not going to see him play. That's how I feel about it, Mitch. Oh, it definitely looks that way. You would think that, and probably in this case, for yep. clarity around the medical exemption stuff, he probably would need to say what it is and yep. make it public, or at least to the tournament directors. I think in this situation, I think the public, and particularly the Australian public, just want some, just want some transparency, yep. is what I would say. We don't want it to be done, and I guess I'm speaking from our side as well, you don't want it to be done behind closed doors because I think there's a lack of trust after what's happened and now with the government coming out and saying, well, we may, we probably wouldn't give it to them and it needs to stack up. Sounds like uh, there might be some shady dealings going on, which we <laughs> thought might have been the case yesterday. Um, so I think there is going to have to be transparency and I think that's what the people want. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so we, it's not one rule for one and, other, and another rule for someone else. Uh, tell you who's going to give us a bit more on that is Brett Phillips from SEN. He's on with us next uh, to talk Novak Djokovic and the Australian Open. Instagram at SENZ underscore radio. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SENZ. Yeah, you're on SENZ. It is the summer breakfast. Ricardo Ball with you along with Mitch McLennigan. And uh, we're with you through uh, until 
uh, 11 o'clock today, at which time we are going to head over to Sydney uh, to get the uh, second day of the Ashes uh, from the from Sydney, the fourth test. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty evenly poised at this stage. Uh, talking summer sport, though, it's time to talk tennis with host of the first serve, Brett Phillips. Uh, g'day, Brett. How are you doing? Ricardo, Mitch, uh, yeah, good morning, boys. Uh, nice to join you. Nice to join. Uh, nice to have you with us, mate. Uh, lot to talk about Novak Djokovic, obviously, uh, his vaccination status or or lack of. Uh, given where we're at at the moment uh, with Novak and the way things are looking, with N- Nadal as well, and 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 potentially Federer, uh, is this Australian Open giving us a glimpse into the future of what it's going to be like post the Big Three? Yeah, I, I felt like we, we probably started to see it uh, a, a quite a bit last year, uh, I, I think. You know, these guys are, um, you know, certainly champion of the bit to have a, a full change of the guard. It's been really hard because of the level of the the, the big three uh, being so good. You know, you know, it's been tough for these guys to break through. We saw Medvedev, you know, uh, get the chocolates at the US Open uh, last year and deny Novak the four. You know, Rafa's missed the, missed the best part of six months through injuries, turning 36 this year. Djokovic will turn 35. Uh, I mean, it'll just be, uh, fingers crossed, miracle if uh, Roger gets back out on court for a swan song of sorts, whatever that's going to look like potentially in 2022. So, yeah, the, the next breed are good. Uh, they're, they're big, they're strappy guys now, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", and they hit, a, they hit a mean tennis ball. But, uh, look, Medvedev, you know, looks... Like he's going to be destined for more success. Um, he's almost—it's great because we're talking about the rivalry with you know the big three against each other, and now you know Medvedev's forming his own rivalry with uh, Djokovic. He's almost like a clone of Novak in the way he plays. And yeah, I think you know men's tennis beyond the big three. Whilst those guys will never probably achieve those sort of numbers, um, we're going to be set for a, a pretty good ten to fifteen years to come. Do you think that if uh, Djokovic doesn't make it to the Australian Open this year, that that'll be the last time Australian fans will, will ever see him play in Australia? Uh, I, I, you know what? Trying to predict anything at the moment is really, <laughs> really hard. I mean, right now, right now he's holed up at uh, Melbourne Airport. It's turning into a farce, to be totally honest. We uh, are hearing that in the next two hours, um, Border Force Control in Melbourne will either... Uh, grant him permission to jump into that Kia Australian Open car that has been waiting at the front with TV cameras on it for seven hours, or he's going to be sent back to Serbia. I mean, he's been granted the medical exemption, as we know, but he's actually got to get through border force. There's an issue with his visa and the paperwork at the moment. Um, I think he's had his phone just returned to him. Uh, his father, who seems to have uh, the hotline to all Serbian media outlets, is... Uh, you know, protesting and uh, saying his son's been taken captive. I mean, who knows? I mean, look, he's got such a great affinity with the Australian Open mm. because he's won it so many times. This is where the Grand Slam success started. But at the same time, he's uh, he's never won over the fans, or not only here, but probably right around the world. But unless something um, physically, drastically happens with Djokovic, I mean, he's probably got another, what, two or three years of, you know, really, really good tennis to um, go well clear of Federer and Nadal. But young guys are going to make it certainly harder. It's become a bit of a political hot potato, hasn't it, uh, in Australia? The you know Victorian uh, state reps not wanting to make a call on it. They've thrown it back to federal, and I know Scott Morrison's probably mm. fighting a uh, popularity contest that he's not winning at the moment. Um, and and the way that this is going, it seems like a bit of a, uh, a lay down mazier for him to say, you know what? Uh, no, he can go back to Serbia um, because of the outrage around this. I mean, do you think it's going to come down to that? Yeah, 
Yeah, this has you know been the frustration of this whole pandemic is uh, particularly here in Australia is just the uh, the uh, who's who's responsible um, the handballing of responsibility and uh, I mean obviously look this has un- been uncharted waters for politicians but uh, gee it has become extremely uh, political and you know I even go back to our own uh, premier Daniel Andrews in the most lockdown city Melbourne who. Uh, be fair to say, hasn't won uh, too many fans who was, was dictatorial almost uh, going back three months ago. That um, there's no way Djokovic will get in if he's not vaccinated. And somehow, through the medical officials here, they've found a way to get uh, an exemption. Not that we know any details of what the exemption is until Novak is maybe prepared to spill and share that. Now, he's been so private, but you'd think if he does actually get through border control and gets into the precinct in Melbourne Park, that you know, he's probably going to need to do some sort of PR just to appease uh, the public. Um, yeah, it's just a wait and see. And I, I've got, you know, absolute Djokovic fatigue, I've got to say. And, uh, <laughs> it, uh, but, but it's going to be the story until the first ball is hit on, you know, January 17th. Yeah, fair. Okay, I'll, I'll change the subject then. I, I, <laughs> I guess the Aussie Open uh, wildcard, uh, who says it's going to be his last tournament in Australia before going to hip surgery, Andy Murray started off poorly with a three-set loss. Yeah, it's been interesting with Andy. I mean, look, he's uh, he still you know wants to compete and clearly wants to exit the sport on his terms. I mean, I think everyone, most people who love their sport, saw the uh, the rip uh, the hip resurfacing documentary. What he's been through. Uh, no one thought he'd ever play again. He's an absolute warrior. Uh, look, he's a good person for the sport. He speaks. Uh, you know really well about the key issues. Uh, been a huge supporter of female coaches. He was the first to have one, so I think he's, he's, he, he makes a great contribution, Murray. But certainly, the physicality of the game has just gone up a notch. I mean, he's still there competing. He's not getting blown off the tennis court. Uh, but these these young guys now are just pretty fearless. They're, they're not really playing the reputation on the other side of the net. They're just going out and playing their big games and. Yeah, the firepower uh, is hard for Murray to sort of counteract. He's been one of the great counter punches over the years. But yeah, it's going to be tough for Andy to get back to the, the absolute lofty heights again. And in fact, uh, speaking of that, that, that calibre of play, Nadal uh, will play uh, today in Melbourne, his first singles match. We saw him in the doubles a couple of days ago. So it's going to be interesting to see what Rafa looks like, you know, with having had the foot issue the last six months. It's not the ideal preparation, really, to come into an Australian Open on a hard court, which. You know, it's not as nice and soft and cushy as his beloved clay. Yeah, um, and Nick Kyrgios has been pretty vocal in in the media as well, saying that it'd be such a shame that if if the big three weren't able to play. Uh, so it sounds like he's on uh, Djokovic's side for once. Yeah, it's always an interesting watch. <laughs> uh, Nick Kyrgios. Look, um, I've been pretty vocal uh, across the journey um, in, in struggling to, to buy into Nick, uh, to be totally frank with you, but um, he's gone back to Canberra at the moment. He pulled out of the Melbourne Summer Series with some asthmatic issues. He's supposed to play in Sydney next week and then Melbourne, but he's played next to no tennis. I mean, look, he's sort of the, you know, the part-time casual tennis player these days and and, uh, and not being um, disrespectful, but, I mean, he's sort of like the warm-up act at the Australian Open, you know, prior to everyone getting serious, heading into the second week when the big guns uh, shine. And, and that, look, it, I'm sort of, I'm, there's a bit of sarcasm and, but, uh, you know, I'm probably more frustrated than anything else that, you know, Nick doesn't actually want to be the best version of himself because he's, the talent he's got on his little finger is more than uh, most players in the top 100 combined. But that's just not his go. And I think the window is probably passing him, to be totally honest, because he is not 
is, he is nowhere near in physical shape to be a professional tennis player. And it's, it's just brutal at the top of the men's game. You can have all the talent you like, you have the biggest serve, but if you're not prepared to you know, dig in for four or five hours and play long matches, you're, uh, you're going to be dispensed with. So we wait and see. Always something interesting happening in the Knicks space. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I can tell you that the uh, the price has shifted uh, a lot in the last couple of days on Daniel Medvedev. He was $4 a couple of days ago, and uh, my co-host mm-hmm. here, Mitch McLennigan, got on at $4 uh, with the prospect of Djokovic yep. not playing. Medvedev's now under $2.50. Uh, I mean, I, I look at Alexander Zverev, uh, maybe Tsitsipas. I mean, who else is going to go yep. close uh, to, to, to knocking him over at the Aussie Open uh, if Djokovic isn't there? Yeah, you mentioned Zverev, and I feel like this is the year that he could possibly break through to win a major. Uh, I think he's put all the components together. He's had a brilliant 12 months. Uh, he hasn't got the serving yips that he used to. He's big off the ground. He just looks like he's in real control. Um, Sasha, and look, I've been doing the ATP Cup, watching him up close this week, and he's a yeah, a, you know, brilliant competitor, great team around him. It's taken a little bit of time because he burst onto the scene really quickly, then had to sort of just fall back to the pack whilst Tsitsipas and Medvedev and Rublev and Berrettini emerged. But now, you know, with a bit more maturity, he's, uh, you know, he's back, I think, now really ready. Uh, but Medvedev is, uh, he's, his rise has absolutely staggered me. I, you know, I go back four or five years ago, I did not pick him to have the incremental growth that he has. But he's now become just this, uh, you know, stone-faced, uh, just unbelievable competitor. What he did against Alex Demonor a couple of nights ago, I mean, he's just sending bullet returns to the toes. He plays with really small margins. He's unorthodox. And for a guy his size, I mean, he moves uh, like a gazelle. He just gets to every single ball. Um, and his, his, his mentality is unbelievable. So I think Mebbett is going to be hard. But Zvera is probably the next best. Sitsi pass, little issue with the elbow. I don't know if he's quite cherry ripe uh, this Australian Open. So... Yeah, I think it. You know, it's very uh, Medvedev the, the two most likely for mine. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Brett. Hey, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, always good to chat tennis with you. Uh, keep up the good work at the first serve, and uh, we'll let you get back to Novak Watch. Yep, it's uh, <laughs> just watching that car, the poor courtesy car driver. He might, they might have to replace him on his shift because he's, uh, he's probably going to need to go over and have a kip. So anyway, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, indeed we will. Go well, mate. Uh, Brett Phillips there from the first serve. Uh, he also does a show on uh, SEN over in Australia as well on the tennis. Had a, had text come through from Richie. I hope they kick Novak back to Serbia. Perhaps he can go play on the unvaccinated tour. <laughs> Cheers, Richie. Yeah, thanks, Rich. I'll enjoy your thoughts on that, mate. Yeah, thank you for. Uh, you can always uh, give us your thoughts on double eight double three our text line here or the Kennards higher phone line oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We are seven away from ten. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just thirty four ninety nine. Sun, sand, and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SCNZ. Yeah, this is SENZ. It is uh, the summer breakfast. Mitch McLennigan, Ricardo Ball with you a couple of minutes out from 10. And uh, there's a text through from Chris. Who's ripping into the Black Caps? We lost to Bangladesh. Worst behaviour. Better hang our heads in shame. How about that? I think you've got to give some credit to Bangladesh. I think they prepared probably better than we did. They had better coaching plans than we did, better batting and bowling plans than we did. Maybe there was a bit of complacency on the New Zealand part, but I don't know about the hang your heads in shame. I think at some point you've got to give credit to the oppo. I think in this case, 
a lot of credit goes to the opposition. I think Bang- Bangladesh were outstanding. Um, they came in with some fights and mongrel and, and the stuff we spoke about a little bit earlier um, that Rus- Russell and Otis are doing yeah. um, in terms of changing the mentality of their players. Generally, they capitulate and, and they infight on the field and guys would lose confidence and they go into their shells. But the freedom that the coaching staff have allowed their Bangladesh players to play with. Um, and like you said, their, their average runs for most of their batters gone up 20 runs yeah. um, since he's been in charge, which is phenomenal. Years, yeah. so. He's just improved them, eh? Yeah, and, and and that's what they've needed. They've needed that external leadership um, from a good coach, a uh, good coaching staff who know what, have watched the game around them, around the world and how it's changing and how to best get it um, and see the gaps that these guys aren't getting. Yeah, the Black Caps weren't up to it. Um, this test um, but on the day I guess they were beaten by a side that was far more hungry than they, uh, the Black Caps potentially were yeah exactly exactly I think yeah credit where credit's due I, I understand your frustration Chris and I think we all expected the Black Caps to win that maybe too many of us including the team just expected to roll into a 2-0 win uh, but has it happened and I uh, look forward now to the uh, second test at Hagley and seeing if they can pull that back it's coming up at 10 o'clock here on SENZ and uh, coming up next is Trudy with news with Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. International and homegrown football talents with Go Media, nationwide outdoor advertising solutions, massive sponsors of sport, and Oppo, the official smartphone partners of the Wellington Phoenix. Wellington are off the mark in season 20. Catch all the action right here on SCNZ. Baz here. If you're in Rotorua, you can listen to us on 1548am or download the SCNZ app. And hear us anywhere, anytime. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SENZ. It's SENZ, your summer breakfast with Mitch McClinic and Ricardo Ball at 10.26. Big news, breaking news. Uh, Joe, do we have a breaking news, do we have breaking news sound effects? Brilliant, brilliant. I like it. Make sure you record that, put it in the button bar so you don't have to do it every time. Uh, breaking news, Novak Djokovic's visa has been cancelled. He will not play in the Australian Open mm. at this stage. Looks like he's flying back home to Serbia. I wonder if that's one of those situations where they hold up a piece of paper in front of Novak Djokovic and just rip it in half. <laughs> just go, no, <laughs> no. denied. Denied. Oh. Access denied. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Watch me for they've come in even more. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, you got on him at uh, fours. He was in at 250. Yeah. Yeah, and from everything that Brett Phillips said, he'll probably come in even more now. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, mate. Oh, you, you'd be laughing. Oh, How all did- the way to my, what? Did put ten dollars on it. Oh, all oh, 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 right, okay. <laughs> Forty bucks. What's that? Forty bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it's a box yeah, of beer in it. That's yeah, take the missus out for a coffee. Yeah, if you yeah. like, mate, get, be in buy the, some uh, nappies be, on the way home. Be, be in the good books. <laughs> be in the good books. Yeah, oh, jeez, I've got to get back in the good books. That's for oh, sure, yeah. Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. Got a uh, got a bit of work to do there. Got a lot of work. Got a lot of work. Always work. Always work. <laughs> Always work. Yeah. So, yeah, Novak Djokovic, um, not really uh, much of a surprise, I don't think. I think that was always on the cards. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I guess he was dreaming, thinking he was going to get on the exemption he was getting on. He would have known he was pushing the boat. Yeah, well, once it became a political thing, mm. you know, and as I mentioned, you know, Scott Morrison's popularity in Australia is not great at the moment, the Prime Minister. <laughs> Uh, and you see the outrage over this. It gives you an opportunity to get a win in the, in the one in the win column, right? 
If you have access to Twitter, and I can't say what the hashtag is on mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. search Scott Morrison. Yeah. And just see what the hashtag is. Okay. Okay. It's a it's a trending hashtag. But <laughs> if you want to see what Australia thinks of Scott Morrison at the minute, yeah. uh yes, yeah, Scott, Scott Scott Morrison and you you'll see the, the common hashtag that is getting used. All right. So. I'm, I'm gonna dial it up now. <laughs> Scott Morrison and uh the hashtag that is being used. I'm gonna uh, Scott Morrison MP. I can say that one. Radio. Yeah. Anyway, while while you're finding that, I'll just say Derek 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 Henry is off the um, off the injury list as well for Tennessee Titans. Just just in time for the playoffs. Um, Looks unlikely that he's going to go into this last match. Uh, So they're looking to clinch up the AFC, the top of the AFC, so they get that by. Um, but uh, so he might not play this week against the Texans. That's a pretty easy, easy game for them. And they don't need to win it. They don't. They, well, they do. They, they kind of do. They're on the same as the Chiefs. So uh, yeah, yeah so they need to win. They and need the Chiefs to still win. The Broncos who who are done. So the yeah, well, so, so so are the Texans. Texans are four and eleven as well. Yes. So uh, they probably don't need to risk him this week. But it looks like he's likely to be back for playoffs. Yeah. Hashtag D-head has no plan. Is that the one you were talking about? <laughs> that is correct. That yeah. is correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That is a good hashtag. I like it. Yeah, I like they're it. all over they're, it. Yeah, they're being relentless over there towards them at the minute. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm not sure if Trudy's got that in her breaking news, but uh, we've broken some news for you, Trudy. Here is Trudy with the latest news and sport for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is SENZ, uh, your uh, summer breakfast. Mitch McLennan and Ricardo Paul with you, and that is, uh, what are they called? Cyanide... Serenity. Cyanide Serenity. Cyanide Serenity, yeah. That that is uh, Ryan Kerr. uh, Sorry, Ryan Wyatt is the drummer, Danny Wyatt's brother. He's going hard, isn't he? He is. Yeah, Yeah. he is. He's getting down for a cameo. Might have to. Can he DJ? Don't know. I've used that a couple of times this week. But yeah, <laughs> got to keep it keep it rolling. Keep it's just it still a good gag, isn't it? It is, it is. But he's uh, yeah, yeah, seriously good drummer. So there yeah. you go. Good. Ah, I, I think I think Danny Wyatt's brother's got better musical taste than she does. <laughs> uh, that's what Probably, I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah well, hey, look, there was some good good synergy there, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. Uh, what was yeah. the football team? Port Vale. Port Vale. Yeah, yeah. They've got Port Vale. have got one big celebrity fan. You know who that is? Other than uh, Danny Wyatt. No. Oh, huge, huge celebrity fan in the UK. In the UK. Yeah, Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams? Yeah. In fact, I, thought might, you, I thought you might watch a bit of Love Island. I thought it might have been someone off that. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, but, yeah, no, Robbie Williams, uh, I think he might, he might even own shares. Oh, really? Yeah, in, in, in Port Vale. That's his, that's his local football club. So if we played Rob, Robbie Williams, mm-hmm. would you appreciate that? At least I'd know who it was. And, he, <laughs> and the bloke can sing. I'll give him that That's much. Fair. That's I'll fair. I'll give him that much. He can That's sing. Fair. Actually, one, I, I kind of had a bit of a newfound respect for Robbie Williams uh, a few, well, there's quite a few years ago, but he did a photo shoot for, I can't remember which, one of the music magazines. Yeah. And you know how it was the big thing in the, probably the late 90s, early 2000s to have that old English style writing tattoo mm. and, um, and you know, a lot of the, the thug rappers kind of had it yep. tattooed across yep. the... Uh, um, Things across their stomachs or across their chests and that. Yep. Yeah, he did a photo shoot where he had it like stenciled on to look like a tattoo, um, but it was across the stomach and it just said pies. He's great on the Graham Norton show as well. If you if you yeah. watch that interview, 
That's awesome. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a funny bloke. Yeah, interesting. Got a cat, bit of crack hey? about him, eh? Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah looks so like good fun. He does look like good fun, uh, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he certainly likes to party by all, by all accounts. Uh, this is SENZ, your summer breakfast. Ricardo Ball, Mitch McLennigan with you. You can give us a call on the Kennards Higher phone line if you like. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Anytime you like. Talk about that Novak Djokovic visa's done. The government have said, don't no, you can't have one. Your visa's wrong. You're out. It looks like he's out of the Australian Open. Be a nightmare for the organisers of the Australian Open right now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, can you get your thoughts on that? Get in touch with us. 0800 150 811 is the Kennards Hire phone line. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water, 110 mil for just 34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SCNZ. Past 10 here on the SENZ Summer Breakfast. Ricardo Ball, Mitch McLennigan with you. Uh, through to 11 o'clock and then we go uh, to coverage of the Ashes. Day 2, Test 4 out of Sydney. Uh, 126 for 3. Australia will start uh, Day 2. Uh, and, and really in the balance, I mean, uh, you expect uh, Broad and, uh, and Anderson to come steaming in full pace uh, with a ball that's 45, 46 overs old uh, started today. Yeah, fizz up, get the thumb around the seam and, and lift it up a bit, get a little bit more seam movement. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah, no sandpaper nowadays, though. So no, no, apparently not. Just use what the cameras can't see. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> the old thumbnail, the old thumbnail. I remember, actually, uh, there was a shot that somebody had taken. I don't know if this was nationwide at the Mitre Tens, but Mitre Ten, there was a Mitre Ten in Christchurch that around that time that all went down in uh, South Africa, they started, you know those beach cricket sets you get mm. from Mitre Ten? Yep. They started doing, you get a free roll of sandpaper with every beach cricket That's set. That's so good. I thought that oh, was I love so it. good. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> that is outstanding. Now, uh, of course, we're talking about the ashes, uh, but... Uh, there's a uh, the women's ashes is not too far away from getting underway as well. Uh, that test matches in Canberra starting in January the 27th. And joining us out of the UK to talk about that as a member of the England women's team, uh, Danielle Wright, uh, White, Wyatt. Sorry, I'll get it right. Danielle, g'day. How you doing? Hi guys, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. Uh, how's the prep going? Good. Uh, and when do you uh, jet off to Aussie? Well, I'm currently safe living um, over here in London. There's a few COVID cases, if you've not seen all over the news. So, um, yeah, just trying to stay clear of COVID before we fly out on Friday evening. Um, And, yeah, I think we start off with the T20s and the schedule's about to change tomorrow. I think it gets announced. So, um, yeah, just hopefully we get out there with COVID-free and 
give it to him out in Australia. Yeah, beautiful, Danny. I know you would have been more excited to uh, be talking to Brendan McCullum and uh, Baz McCullum, as we call him here, the skipper of the SCNZ radio show, and Izzy Dag. Uh, but you got me and Ricardo today. I, I guess I guess you're coming off the back of a great series um, against New Zealand in England. Uh, it's 143 runs, high score of 63, uh, average of 71, um, strike rate well over 100. Uh the last couple of years of your career, you're, you've really gone to another le- level. Yeah, uh, coming off a successful summer with, in the 100 as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just like to work on my basics, just head back ball is what I say to myself when I'm batting, just work on hitting straight and hit the bad ball. Um, and, you know, yourself, it's a lot of mental. It's all in your head, isn't it? So just got to stay calm <laughs> and back myself and... Just do my job and hopefully win games for England. That's true, 100%. Um, how was 100? Uh, first time running, uh, oh, a bit unique. It was so good. Was it? Yeah, I mean, I look back now at the highlights and I was like, wow, I can't believe we played in that because there was a lot of um, hate when it got announced uh, <laughs> that the 100 was going to come along. And um, yeah, it was just great to see the crowds, even for the women's games, was. Um, 16,000 in at the Aegeus Bowl every home game which was amazing atmosphere and to get the support from the from the guys was amazing as well and um, yeah to say that that was just the first one and it's going to be even better next year for sure so yeah good times for women's cricket Danielle what was the difference as a player between playing the 100 format and playing a T20 format I'm not going to lie the first game felt really weird um, I only hit like six runs as <laughs> well. Um, and I went, I think I faced first ball um, at Trent Bridge. And I just remember feeling so on edge and felt everything was so rushed. Because um, you know, it's 100 balls and it says 100 balls everywhere. And it's like, come on, you've got to get on with it. And then I think after like two games, it was, um, we soon settled in. It was just like a T20 match, really. So. Yeah, it was a definitely learn-as-you-go-along tournament and luckily my team made went all the way to the final but didn't quite turn up for the final, unfortunately, but hopefully next year we win it. Yeah, we won't talk about that uh, that little duck there, no. Danny. Uh, we'll, we'll move past no. that. Nice, <laughs> Danny, nice Danny, I hate batting at Lord. It's always <laughs> always a bad wicket battle. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I guess uh, one of your highest scores of all time was down down in Australia. You scored a hundred off fifty seven against Australia and Canberra uh, with the T ser- mm. uh, with the series. Uh, Ashes series starting with the T20s. I guess you'll be wanting to try and repeat that. Um, the second question around that as well is um, just for our listeners who may not understand the women's Ashes and the point scoring system, it's not just uh, just the Test series. It, it, it covers all of the formats, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's three T20s. I think they consist of two points each for the win and um, one Test match. I think you get four points if you win the test and two if you draw, two each, obviously. And then three ODIs, two points each again. So, um, And the Aussies thrashed us last time we played them over here. So we've got to make sure we win and don't draw the Ashes so that we can get those Ashes back because it's been too long. <laughs> and you guys are shaping up well. Have you got any uh, youngsters coming through who we really should be looking out for? Yes, we've got 
um, a youngster called Charlie Dean who plays for my domestic team, the Southern Vipers. She's an off spinner who bowls just like a, a boy's pace, really quick. Uh, gets really good dip um, and rip on it as well. So she's going to have a good Ashley's I can feel it. And um, a young up-and-coming batter, Maya Bouchier, who made a debut against you guys, actually. Um, she's also striking them really well, and she's going to be one to watch for sure as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully you'll see them out in New Zealand as well after the Ashes when we come over to New Zealand. <laughs> you are coming straight across to New Zealand for the ICC Women's World Cup. Uh, we're start- starting in March. And funnily enough, guess who you face the first match? The Aussies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, these two guys will know not a lot about them by then. I know, gosh, I saw that, and I was like, oh, no, not them again. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. not them again. I hadn't even played them yet, but not them again. Yeah, yeah, not them again. Straight after 10 days of quarantine. Oh, yeah. We'll be uh, ready to go. So so you'll do 10, uh, t- seven days of quarantine. Where are you guys going to do that three days of uh, home home isolation are you guys going to be able to move facilities or, or you haven't found that out yet oh no I think I'm pretty sure we're in a hotel for 10 days oh no I know <laughs> yeah we found out the other day and we weren't very happy about it but and, and you're going 14 days in Aussie as well aren't you no we don't have to quarantine in Oz oh, oh right. right they've changed that beautiful yeah I know I'm quite surprised I mean I'll, we'll take it well, I think um, with the with the rises, with the COVID rises, um, I think we're only allowed to eat outside and I think there's certain restrictions, which is unfortunate, but that's the way it is at the minute. Yeah, right. And and you guys, obviously, you think uh, Australia looks like they're going to be the favourite going into that World Cup. Would you guys put yourself in second slot? Um, well, you favourites. Yeah, Are mean, you favourites, Danny? Put yourself well, in we first. Won, we, won, we won the last World Cup here in England. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like The Aussies are a very good team, but they are very beatable. And, yeah, anyone could beat anyone on the day. So um, it's going to be a fantastic World Cup, though. I think South Africa are a really good team now. Um, mm. New Zealand as well. You're a good team. India. It's going to be really exciting. And, yeah, it's going to be one to watch for sure. Is there uh, somebody in the in that white fern setup that uh, gets talked about in the England dressing room before you play us? Somebody that you will watch out for? I mean, Sophie Devine's quality, isn't she? She mm. can bat and bowl and smack out the ground. Um, Susie Bates, I've played with Susie for a few seasons over here in England. She's also always a key player. Um, Leah Tu, Amy Satterthwaite, Amelia Kerr, she didn't uh, come over this time unfortunately uh, she had a break and she was a big loss for them over here so uh, you guys will have her back um, yeah you've got a really quality side and could beat anyone on the day so we're going to have to bring our A game when we play you guys again well you guys will be absolutely stoked to hear Amelia Kerr is absolutely lighting it up with the bat over here as well she's second on the on the ladder 281 runs uh, behind Susie Bates so she's turning into a top order batter as well so uh, just flexing the muscles just here I think I think the white ferns might she's just get, warming up yeah she's just warming up yeah getting ready to go so yeah I think she'll be a real, real threat for you guys as well but hey look uh, mm. it's been uh, it's been a tough journey for you guys um, I guess what is obviously you want to win the Ashes but 
is it uh, on the back burner compared to the World Cup um, leading into March? Um, yeah, I mean, no one's really spoken about the World Cup yet. I think, obviously, our main focus will be the Ashes. And then once that's finished, we'll be talking about the World Cup. And then once that's finished, we've got the Commonwealth Games, then we've got the 100, then we've got T20 World Cups. So we've got so much cricket to think about. I think it's going to be really important to stick together and take each game as it comes and yeah, hopefully there's not too many COVID restrictions and we can enjoy life off the pitch as well, which is the key for yeah, me. Yeah, true, true. Oh, jeez, I'm just thinking, I'm just giggling to myself about the the MIQ you're going to do in New Zealand. It's a bit ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, what, what, what does Danny Wyatt do in MIQ for 14 days or 10 days? Oh, well, we came over to New Zealand this time last year and we did two weeks in quarantine. Um, but we were allowed out for the last week to go and train, which was good, but apparently we can't even train this time around. Um, so it's going to be a bit more difficult, so I don't know. I'm just going to take my Xbox, take my VR, just play loads of games, good. FaceTime, sleep. Cause I know I won't even be jet-lagged because I'll be coming from Australia. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I just hope the Wi-Fi is good. What uh, you, you mentioned that there, there's going to be a, a, a change to the schedule when you hit Australia, um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned you might be doing the T20s first. That seems a bit backwards, given you're going to go into a T20 World Cup. Surely both teams want to be playing competitive T20s before they head over here. Well, no, because the World Cup's fifty overs. Oh, there's fifty overs. There you go. Yeah, That'll so we wide. finish finish with finish with the ODIs. Oh, nice. That makes much, much more sense. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Help if I've done the research on that. I just assumed it was a T20 World Cup. T20 World Cup's in South Africa. I think it's at the end of this year. Oh, Thanks. Right. There, there you go, Ricardo. Year. Getting educated from the other side of the world. Yeah, Thanks, Danny. Thanks Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two World Cups in one you year. That's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. He usually leaves the cricket to me. Um, I, I'll give him the football. Mm-hmm. Who's your football side, Danny? You've probably never heard of them, but Port Vale. Port Vale, oh yeah, the Valiants. Oh, how, how do you know them? There you go. I, I, I follow my football, Danny. I follow my football. In fact, wow. My to bore you with ancestry, but my family uh, they came out here from the UK about nineteen hundred. They came from Leek, which is just down the road. That's so weird. That's literally <laughs> down the road. <laughs> literally down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So up in, up in the potteries. Well, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you know Port Vale. But, the, yeah, they're my number one team, and then Man United are my number two team. Oh, oh that's, right. well, that's Ricardo as well. There you go. There Sorted. you go. Sorted, oh, Danny. Oh, tell you what, me and Ricardo, we're besties now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, mate, like yeah. that. And, yeah. and do, you, do you like rock music as well? Uh, no, but my older brother is in a rock band. Oh, really? Nice. Are you so, going to give him a plug? Yeah. He's a drummer. He's I a hate I, I'm not... I'm not a fan of his music, not going to oh, lie. Well, too, too heavy for me. If you give us the band name, we'll, we'll get it up on in between the news uh, next hour. <laughs> Cyanide Serenity, they're called, but believe me, you won't be playing it. It won't be too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Cyanide Serenity. I like the name. Yeah, beautiful. How yeah, good. he used to have long hair. He doesn't have long hair anymore, but they all have long hair and they used to like... Rawr. It was awful. Oh, well, that's, yeah, well, that's Ricardo's in a band as well, so so you and you so would hate oh, no. you would hate us as well, probably <laughs> based on what you've just said. <laughs> oh, beautiful.
Beautiful. Well, I wish you all the best, Annie. Um, yeah, you're in fine form. I'm sure that's going to continue. Um, I hope you enjoy being back in Australia and out in the sun and out of the cold there in the UK. And I'm looking forward to coming back down under, so hopefully catch you guys out there. Yeah, sounds good, Danny. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, safe travels, and uh, yeah, make Thanks, sure guys. We'll, we'll start building a recommended list on Netflix for you as well for your MIQ stay. Yep, please do. <laughs> well, do. <laughs> see you later, uh, Danny White there with us, uh, part of the England Women's Ashes team that uh, yeah they did out on Friday for Australia. It's going to be uh, that's going to be. Uh, you think it's going to be a tighter series than what we're seeing at the moment in the men's? I think so. I, I definitely think so, particularly in the, the shorter formats. The Aussies seem to bar up for the test uh, component of that Ashes series and, 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 or, and series gone past. Uh, at least Perry's been dominant. Um, uh, Healy as well. Lisa Healy's been exceptional in that format as well. Um, so I, I say the tests, and then I think it really evens out when it comes to the ODIs and the T20s. Um, Danny's been impeccable the last few years, um, season by season, just improving and becoming a real, real senior player in that side. So uh, I'd expect her to have a big, particularly white ball campaign. Um, I don't think she's played in the test matches to date. So I wish her all the luck. And uh, yeah, uh, it's good to good to hear they are a little bit fearful, particularly of people like Sophie Devine. Sophie Devine yeah. is one of the best women's cricketers in the world, if not the best. So uh, I hope she goes, uh, has a great World Cup. Um, you know, it'd be nice to return that trophy to New Zealand shorts. Well, it kind of feels like we might sneak up on a few with Mealy Kerr and the way her form, they haven't seen her for a little while. Yeah, I, I, think, they, I think they know how good a spinner she is. Yeah, um, and I know that I know that they probably know that she's always been capable with the bat, um, but the power she's shown, the super smash, it's been superb. Uh, she's been she's been on point. She's uh, it's just really refreshing to see her, and I think particularly without Sophie Devine in that side, uh, I was given her an opportunity to really stand up and and be that leader and and really take the game um, by the horns. So and then they're they're up today, I think, uh, down in uh, at the basin. So they're playing the Volts, uh, women's or the Sparks. Um, they're kicking off just after we get off, actually, at 11.10. Um, and then that's followed by the Firebirds versus uh, the Volts at, at 2.40. So if you if you want to see how dominant Mielika, I'll probably put the mockers on her now, but how dominant <laughs> she's been uh, of recent times, yeah, good tune in after this on Spark Sport, um, 11.10, uh, as they kick off that game against the Sparks. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be... Uh Wow, man, it's going to be a good game. She's been going so well. And, I mean, those are the two best teams in the women's game at the moment, the Firebirds and the Sparks. They are, yeah, absolutely right. Um, So, Sparks have been the real dark horse, haven't they? They've just got off to a flyer. I've done really, really well. They've kind of gone in under the radar a wee bit, eh? The old magic coach, eh? Craig Cumming. Craig Cumming, magic coach. Uh, the uh, the Blazer, uh, the favourites, I did call them Firebirds, sorry, the fl- Blazer, the favourites, $1.43. Uh, and the Otago Sparks are paying uh, two sixty five in that one. I, I reckon uh, they should uh, just do what the Northern Brave have done. They should all just rebrand and have one name for both teams so we don't have to keep remembering <laughs> these names. Um, that would be good. But uh, Millie Kerr paying 3 bucks to be the top run scorer for Wellington. Yeah, well, it's not a bad shout. I actually like the money on the Sparks. Yeah? Yeah, uh, I like that. Um, the price they're paying to win when they're leading the competition. Um, you know, you'd be, if you're looking to have a dabble, uh, you could probably pair that up with Amelia Kerr and, uh, yeah. yeah. In-game multi? Yeah, yeah. in-game multi. You Maybe. go Amelia Kerr. Katie uh, Martin Kate, or Susie Bates. Susie Bates, go Amelia Kerr, Susie Bates, and target a win. 
Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that. That's 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 my next mission is to do that. This is SCNZ. Uh, your summer breakfast with Mitch McLennigan, Ricardo Ball. Uh, trying to lose you money left, right, and centre with our, our friends at the TAB. <laughs> it is ten twenty one here. Uh, thanks uh, to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Hear us anywhere, anytime. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SENZ. SENZ. Now it's time to listen to this Hayden Wilder from this. And ye will take silver for Great Britain. And what about that Hayden Wild? The bronze. Water finish. To this. Leading is number three, 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 leading, leading, oh, change of lead, four, number four, number four, number four, number five, coming around the bend, bend number four, the 1950 mark, here we go, here we go, it's tied to the front here, number seven, number seven's got the lead, off he goes, off he goes, get up! <laughs> oh, how good. It's clearly been a long and eventful year for our Kiwi triathlete star Hayden Wild. A bronze medal at the Olympic Games was one of the highlights of the event. Now, after a long back end of the year, he's holed up in MIQ watching race horses trial at Rotorua's Awara Park. Hayden's been good enough to cut into the highlights of his day this morning instead of watching and waiting for his breakfast to be delivered. He's on the line with us now. Good morning, Hayden. Thanks so much for joining joining us. Um, Good you, you keen to get into a bit of commentary, are you? Oh, it's um, my, my second time outing um, for, for a bit of commentary on the horses, um, but just before uh, another podcast in the morning. But um, I got I got a couple of tips out there, which was fantastic. So I think my third, my third and fourth call was a lot better than my first call. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good. We actually had uh, someone text us on the show and they said, you have to go watch Hayden Wilde's Instagram to see him commentating. It's the funniest thing. So we went on and then Louis started playing at mid-show and we had a wee bit of a giggle, mate. But oh, it's a, it's a great game, horse racing. But tell us about your year, mate. You've had a great year. You must be so happy to be able to get home and, and be able to reflect, bud. Yeah, it's been a, uh, a definitely a year to remember. Um, yeah, for, obviously for many things, but the, the biggest reason, mm. uh, obviously coming home with a with a bronze medal uh, from the from the Olympic Games. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like a, a dream come true, and um, it's been I guess the last six months just battling um, for the rest of the season and, and not being able to come home and actually yeah proper, properly digest and, and celebrate the. Uh, the, the success uh, that's it's very nice to actually be sitting uh, here in Rotorua, um just uh, knowing that in a, a couple of days I can actually finally uh, celebrate and, and send a couple uh, quiet beverages uh, with the boys back at the uh, the Fakatane Fishing Club uh, in, in a couple of days. That's beauty. Oh, that nice. does sound good. That sounds outstanding. We'll get on to your Christmas plans very soon. It's Baz here. Hayden, I was super impressed with your ability to, you know, just just pick the winner from a long way out of that trial the other day. Do you think you're born with that <laughs> gift, or it's a learned skill? Um, it's it's, uh, it's definitely a learned skill. Um, I, I definitely got a lot of uh, experience from um, calling the games, um, especially uh, when it becomes the, the the wild Christmas showdown for the BYC. 
uh, festival, <laughs> which is coming up very shortly. Um, not going to lie, Baz, my brother's a big fan. Um, one in particular, actually, who won one of your, one of your bats a couple uh, months ago, I think at the start of the year. But my mum's not a fan because you made us buy so much Puma gear. Oh, no. <laughs> Please pass on my apologies to your mum. <laughs> oh, so they won a bat. Your brother won a bat. Yeah, mate. He won one of your bats that you kind of put up for uh, put up for a giveaway on Instagram, I think. Oh, brilliant! Is it going alright? Yeah. yeah, I think it's going alright. It hasn't snapped yet, so it must be it must be right. <laughs> well, tell him never fear the air. There's no fielders up there. He's got to be aggressive if he's going to use that sort of. <laughs> That sort of, and, and you got to, and you got to handle the repercussions. That's just part of being a, a flashy type of player. <laughs> so you're a, you're a cricket fan too, Hayden. You're into you watch a bit of cricket over the uh, over the summer, and did you play yourself? Yeah, I used, I used to play. Um, I used to play quite a, quite often actually. Um, before I got into triathlon, um, just kind of just followed my brothers. So we're we're well big into the um, the, the cricket community back in Pakistani, but. Uh, I was actually really gutted because uh, one of my races, um, I had an absolute dilemma and dramas with passport issues and I got robbed in Barcelona. Um, so anyway, the story went, um, you know, three weeks down the road, I was meant to be in Abu Dhabi two weeks before the race, but then I turned up to the race the day before. Um, so that means I missed you nearly know, the whole T20 World Cup, which I was kind of gutted with. Um, I was in talks with... Uh, with Trent and the boys, and they were going to get me some um, some some uh, some passes to the game. So I missed every single one. So I was, I was pretty gutted. Oh, oh, spewing! Oh, they went good no. too. Crikey, that went very well. Dis- great, it was great. It was great viewing. <laughs> and so, what are, what are your plans for Christmas, mate? You've obviously got, as you say, the Fakatane Fishing Club. That sounds like a pretty knockabout place too. What do they serve on oh, tap mate, there? She goes, she goes wild um, at the uh, the show. Uh, you should have, you should have seen it after the uh, the Olympic Games, mate. Never seen a golf so hard. And uh, but I guess after that, I'll just be doing just like a a, a, cup, a good couple of local races, uh, preparing for the Commonwealth Games. Um, hopefully, my application for the Black Clash has um, been accepted, so I can um, come and razzle some feathers. Um, I know Tom Welsh is. Got yes, there. but the, you know, he, he's got the big oh. gun, so you know he doesn't have the stamina. So um, I'll see <laughs> wow. I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for the call up. I'm waiting for the call up for Team Rugby. Are Are you oh. genuinely interested, or are you just throwing out there? Oh, yeah. are, we, are we able to oh, announce it right now, or what? Pretty, I've already asked my brother if I can come play a couple of games for Tupuki. Um, because he's playing for the Tupuki <laughs> game, Tupuki team at the moment, so I need to get my eye in. I well, might have to join uh, you. I might need to get my eye in for it as well. I'm going to need a game or two. I'll tell you what. So. I, was, I was skipper for Team Rugby when we lost to Napier, and I'm going to announce it right here. I'm going to be skipper again, Ted. So I'll get you on the team, mate. Oh, fantastic. I know this was the perfect time, perfect time because I know you're a captain <laughs> of that team. And uh, this, yes. I, I just had, I just, I've had a feeling. Do you have to speak to Joe <laughs> well, we've Smith? we just got a text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Jason will just select to sign you, off mate. on that one. Is? Yeah, but, nah, mate. I'll make the calls here. I'll make the calls. I'll, 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 I'll tell Razor. I'll tell Razor. We got a text here on the text line from Brett. He said, "Can you ask Hayden if he's racing at the Mount next month? That's the same day as the Black Clash." So I can answer that. Hey, uh, Brett. No, he's playing in the Black Clash. He's with us. 
Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, Brett, as much as I wanted to race the Tauranga Half Ironman, uh, I couldn't get a bike, so then my decision completely changed in a, a blink of an eye, and I was like, you know what, it's either um, race at a, at a hometown or just absolutely go for it and go for the Black Clash, so... Um, as much as I love triathlon, uh, I've got to I've got to be a team player here and uh, and bring it home to team uh, rugby as much oh, as, uh, so as I want to do the try. Where do you <laughs> see yourself slotting in in the order, Hayden, in the in the team rugby? Um, well, what do you see I don't have a lot of power. I'm I'm a great I'm great on the outfield because I can just keep running all day. Um, I do have <laughs> I, nice. I do have a specialty on uh, on the bowling front. We call it the. Um, the Hayden's bunny ears. It's a, it's a great little trick. And uh, my brother's always had to out of me about it. Um, <laughs> but I'd like to come in the order of maybe fifth, you know, like the, um, you know, the, the tail end, and um, just really bring it home for the team. Um, won't be a lot of power, but there'll be a lot of pace between the wicket. Yes. Yeah. And, and obviously, yes. you could calm under pressure as well, be able to just, you know, finish strong, <laughs> real sort of... You better get you know. fit, Izzy, because we're going to be doing a lot of running between the wickets. Oh, mate. Oh, i got one knee and a big puku, brother. I'll need a lot of work. <laughs> oh, very good. Hey, all right. Thanks, Aiden. We really appreciate you joining us, mate, and hope MIQ's going okay. All the best for Christmas, and we look forward to catching up with you for the Black Clash. Uh, yes. Thanks for joining us on Baz Nizzy. You're in, brother. You're in. Thanks, boys. No, cheers for the chat. I've, uh, I've been a big fan of you guys for, um, for a very long time, so it's pretty awesome to actually be on the show, so... Oh, cheers. Cheers, fellas. Making the temperatures drop. Weather with Rosine, proud partners of the Ashes coverage today on SCNZ. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water, 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SCNZ. Three past ten here on the SENZ Summer Breakfast. Ricardo Ball, Mitch McLennigan with you. Uh, through to 11 o'clock and then we go uh, to coverage of the Ashes Day 2, Test 4 out of Sydney, uh, 126 for 3, Australia will start uh, Day 2 uh, and, and really in the balance, I mean uh, you expect uh, Broad and uh, and Anderson to come steaming in full pace uh, with a ball that's 45 46 overs old uh, at the start of today? Yeah, fizz up, get the thumb around the seam and, and lift it up a bit get a little bit more seam movement yep. I'm sure, yeah no sandpaper nowadays, though. So no, no, apparently not. Just use 
What the cameras can't see. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the old thumbnail. The old thumbnail. I remember actually uh, there was a shot that somebody had taken. I don't know if this was nationwide at, at the Mitre Tens, but Mitre Ten, there was a Mitre Ten in Christchurch that around that time that all went down in uh, South Africa, they started, you know those beach cricket sets you mm. get from Mitre Ten? Yep. They started doing, you get a free roll of sandpaper with every beach cricket That's set. Brilliant. That's so good. I thought that oh, was so good. That's so good. That was yeah. so <laughs> outstanding. Now, uh, of course, we're talking about the ashes, uh, but uh, there's a, uh, the women's ashes is not too far away from getting underway as well. Uh, that test match is in Canberra starting January the 27th. And joining us out of the UK to talk about that as a member of the England women's team, uh, Danielle Wright, uh, White, Wyatt, sorry, I'll get it right. Danielle, g'day, how you doing? Hi, guys, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Good. Uh, how's the prep going? Good. Uh, and when do you uh, jet off to Aussie? Well, I'm currently safe living um, over here in London. There's a few COVID cases, as you've not seen all over the news. So, um, yeah, just trying to stay clear of COVID before we fly out on Friday evening. Um, and, yeah, I think we start off with the T20s and the schedule's about to change tomorrow. I think it gets announced. So, um, yeah, just hopefully we get out there with COVID-free and... Uh, give it to him out in Australia. Yeah, beautiful, Danny. I know you would have been more excited to uh, be talking to Brendan McCullum and uh, Baz McCullum, as we call him here, the skipper of the SNZ radio show, and Izzy Dag. Uh, but you've got me and Ricardo today. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess you're coming off the back of a great series um, against New Zealand in England. Uh, it's 143 runs, high score of 63, uh, average of 71, um, strike rate well over 100. Uh the last couple of years of your career, you're, you've really gone to another le- level. Yeah, uh, coming off a successful summer with, in the 100 as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just like to work on my basics, just head back ball is what I say to myself when I'm batting, just work on hitting straight and hit the bad ball. Um, and, you know, yourself, it's a lot of mental. It's all in your head, isn't it? So just got to stay <laughs> calm and back myself and... Just do my job and hopefully win games for England. That's true, 100%. Um, how was 100? Uh, first time running, uh, oh, but unique. It was so good. Was it? Yeah, I mean, I look back now at the highlights and I was like, wow, I can't believe we played in that because there was a lot of um, hate when it got announced uh, <laughs> that the 100 was going to come along. And um, yeah, it was just great to see the crowds, even for the women's games, there was um, 16,000 in at the Aegeus Bowl every home game which was amazing atmosphere and to get the support from the from the guys was amazing as well and um, yeah to say that that was just the first one and it's going to be even better next year for sure so yeah good times for women's cricket Danielle what was the difference as a player between playing the 100 format and playing a T20 format I'm not going to lie the first game felt really weird um, I only hit like six runs as <laughs> well. Um, and I went, I think I faced first ball um, at Trent Bridge. And I just remember feeling so on edge and felt everything was so rushed. Because, um, you know, it's 100 balls and it says 100 balls everywhere. And it's like, come on, you've got to get on with it. And then I think after like two games, it was, um, we soon settled in. It was just like a T20 match, really. So. Yeah, it was a definitely learn as you go along tournament, and luckily my team made went all the way to the final, but didn't quite turn up 
for the final, unfortunately, but hopefully next year we win it. Yeah, we won't talk about that uh, that little duck there, no. Danny. Uh, we'll, we'll move past no. that. Nice, Jenny, nice Jenny, I hate that in it, Lord. It's always <laughs> always a bad wicket battle. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I guess uh, one of your highest scores of all time was down down in Australia. You scored a hundred off fifty seven against Australia and Canberra uh, with the T uh, with the series. Uh, Ashes series starting with the T20s. I guess you'll be wanting to try and repeat that. Um, the second question around that as well is um, just for our listeners who may not understand the women's Ashes and the point scoring system, it's not just uh, just the Test series. It, it, it covers all of the formats, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's three T20s. I think they consist of two points each for the win and um, one Test match think you get four points if you win the test and two if you draw two each obviously and then three ODIs two points each again so um, and the Aussies thrashed us last time we played them over here so we've got to make sure we win and don't draw the ashes so that we can get those ashes back because it's been too long (laughs) and you guys are shaping up well have you got any uh, youngsters coming through who we really should be looking out for yes we've got um, a youngster called Charlie Dean who plays for my domestic team the Southern Vipers she's an off spinner who bowls just like a, a boy's pace really quick uh, gets really good dip um, and rip on it as well so she's going to have a good Ashley's I can feel it and um, a young up and coming batter Maya Boucher who made a debut against you guys actually um, she's also striking them really well and she's going to be one to watch for sure as well so um, yeah hopefully you'll see them out in New Zealand as well after the Ashes when we come over to New Zealand <laughs> You are coming straight across to New Zealand for the ICC Women's World Cup uh, we're start- starting in March and funnily enough guess who you face the first match The Aussies isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well these you guys will know not a lot about them by then I know, gosh, I saw that and I was like, oh no, not them again. <laughs> but, not, yeah. not them again, I hadn't even played Straight, them yet, but not them again. Yeah, yeah, not them again. Straight after 10 days of quarantine, oh, yeah. we'll be ready uh, to go. So so you do 10, uh, t- seven days of quarantine. Where are you guys going to do that three days of uh, home home isolation? Are you guys going to be able to move facilities or, or you haven't found that out yet? Oh no, I think, I'm pretty sure we're in a hotel for 10 days. Oh no. I know. Yeah, we found out the other day and we weren't very happy about it. But and, and you're going 14 days in Aussie as well, aren't you? No, we don't have to quarantine in Oz. Oh, oh right. right. They've changed that. Beautiful. Yeah, I know. I'm quite surprised. I mean, I'll, we'll take it. But I think um, with the with the rises, with the COVID rises, um, I think we're only allowed to eat outside and I think there's certain restrictions, which is unfortunate, but that's the way it is at the minute. Yeah, right. And and you guys, obviously, you think uh, Australia looks like they're going to be the favourite going into that World Cup. Would you guys put yourself in second slot? Um, well, you favourites. Yeah, Are mean, you favourites, Denny? <laughs> put yourself well, in we first. Won, we, won, we won the last World Cup here in England. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like The Aussies are a very good team, but they are very beatable. And, yeah, anyone could beat anyone on the day, so... Um, it's going to be a fantastic World Cup though I think South Africa are a really good team now uh, mm. New Zealand as well you're a good team India it's going to be really exciting and 
Yeah, it's going to be one to watch for sure. Is there uh, somebody in the in that white fern setup that uh, gets talked about in the England dressing room before you play us? Somebody that you will watch out for? I mean, Sophie Devine's quality, isn't she? She mm. can bat and bowl and smack out the ground. Um, Susie Bates, I've played with Susie for a few seasons over here in England. She's also always a key player. Um, Leah Tu, Amy Satterthwaite, Amelia Kerr, she didn't uh, come over this time, unfortunately. Uh, she had a break and she was a big loss for them over here. So uh, you guys will have her back. Um, yeah, you've got a really quality side and could be anyone on the day. So we're going to have to bring our A game when we play you guys again. Well, you guys will be absolutely stoked to hear Amelia Kerr is absolutely lighting it up with the bat over here as well. She's second on the on the ladder, 281 runs uh, behind Susie Bates. So she's turning into a top order batter as well. So I'm just flexing the muscles just here. I think I think the white ferns might she's just get, warming up. Yeah, she's just warming up. Yeah, getting ready to go. So yeah, I think she'll be a real, real threat for you guys as well. But hey, look, uh, mm. it's been. Uh, it's been a tough journey for you guys. Um, I guess what is obviously you want to win the Ashes, but is it uh, on the back burner compared to the World Cup um, leading into March? Um, yeah, I mean, no one's really spoken about the World Cup yet. I think obviously our main focus will be the Ashes, and then once that's finished, we'll be talking about the World Cup. And then once that's finished, we've got the Commonwealth Games, then we've got the Hundred. And we've got T20 World Cups. So we've got so much cricket to think about. I think it's going to be really important to stick together and take each game as it comes. And, yeah, hopefully there's not too many COVID restrictions and we can enjoy life off the pitch as well, which is the key for yeah, me. <laughs> true, true. Oh, geez, I'm just thinking, I'm just giggling to myself about the... The MIQ you're going to do in New Zealand, it's a bit oh, ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, what, what, what does Danny Wyatt do in MIQ for 14 days or 10 days? Oh, well, we came over to New Zealand this time last year and we did two weeks in quarantine. Um, but we were allowed out for the last week to go and train, which was good. But apparently we can't even train this time around. Um, so it's going to be a bit more difficult. So I don't know, I'm just going to... Take my Xbox, take my VR, just play loads of games, Good. FaceTime, sleep. Cause I know I won't even be jet lagged because I'll be coming from Australia. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just hope the Wi-Fi is good. What uh, you, you mentioned that there, there's going to be a, a, a change to the schedule when you hit Australia, um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned you might be doing the T20 first. That seems a bit backwards, given you're going to go into a T20 World Cup. Surely both teams want to be playing competitive T20s before they head over here. Well, no, because the World Cup's fifty overs. Oh, there's fifty overs. There you go. Yeah, That'll so we finish finish with finish with the ODIs. Oh, nice. Yeah, it makes much, much more sense. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Help if I'd done the research on that. I just assumed it was a T20 World Cup. T20 World Cup's in South Africa. I think it's at the end of this year. Oh, Thanks. Right. There, there you go, Ricardo. Year. Getting educated from the other side of the world. Yeah, Thanks, Danny. Thanks Appreciate that, Danny. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two World Cups in one you year. Kiwis. That's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. He usually leaves the cricket to me. Um, I, I'll give him the football. <laughs> Who's your football side, Danny? You've probably never heard of them, but Port Vale. Port Vale, oh yeah, the Valiants. Oh, how, how do you know them? There you go. I, I, I follow my football, Danny. I follow my football. In fact, wow. My 
to bore you with ancestry, but my family uh, that came out here from the UK about 1900, they came from Leek, which is just down the road. That's so weird. That's literally <laughs> down the road. <laughs> literally down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So up in, up in the potteries. Well, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you know Port Vale. But, the, yeah, they're my number one team, and then Man United are my number two team. Oh, oh that's, oh, that's well, Ricardo as well. There you go. There Sorted. you go. Sorted, oh, Danny. Oh, tell you what, me and Ricardo, we're besties now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, mate, like yeah. that. Yeah. And do you, do you like rock music as well? Uh, no, but my older brother is in a rock band. Oh, really? Nice. Are you so, going to give him a plug? Yeah. He's a drummer. He's I a hate, drummer. I, I'm not... I'm not a fan of his music, not going to lie. Well, too, too heavy for me. If you give us the band name, we'll, we'll get it up on in between the news uh, next hour. <laughs> Cy- Cyanide Serenity, they're called, but believe me, you won't be playing it. It won't be too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Cyanide Serenity. I like the name. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah okay. he used to have long hair. He doesn't have long hair anymore, but they all have long hair, and they used to like... Rah! It was awful. Oh, well, that's, uh, yeah, well, that's Ric- Ricardo's in a band as well, so so you and you would so hate us, you, you would hate us as well, probably <laughs> based on what you've just said. <laughs> oh, beautiful! Well, I wish you all the best, Danny. Um, yeah, you're in fine form. I'm sure that's going to continue. Um, I hope you enjoy being back in Australia and out in the sun and out of the cold there in the UK. And I'm looking forward to coming back down on this, so hopefully catch you guys out there. Yeah, it sounds good, Danny. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, safe travels, and uh, yeah, make Thanks, sure guys. We'll, we'll start building a recommended list on Netflix for you as well for your MIQ stay. Yep. Please do. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> yeah. see how later uh, Danny Wyatt there with us, uh, part of the England Women's Ashes team that uh, yeah that you're out on Friday for Australia. It's going to be uh, it's gonna, that's going to be uh, you think it's going to be a tighter series than what we're seeing at the moment in the men's? I think so. I, I definitely think so. Particularly in the the shorter formats, the Aussies seem to bar up for the Test uh, component of that Ashes series and and, and or and series gone past. Uh, at least Perry's been dominant. Um, uh, Healy as well. Lisa Healy's been exceptional in that format as well. Um, so I, I say the tests, and then I think it really evens out when it comes to the ODIs and the T20s. Um, Danny's been impeccable the last few years, um, season by season, just improving and becoming a real, real senior player in that side. So uh, I'd expect her to have a big, particularly white ball campaign. Um, I don't think she's played in the test matches to date. So I uh, wish her all the luck and. Uh, yeah, uh, it's good to good to hear they are a little bit fearful, particularly of people like Sophie Devine. Sophie Devine yeah. is one of the best women's cricketers in the world, if not the best. So uh, I hope she goes uh, has a great World Cup. Um, you know, it'd be nice to return that trophy to New Zealand shores. Well, it kind of feels like we might sneak up on a few with Mealy Kerr and the way her form. They haven't seen her for a little while. Yeah, I, I think they I think they know how good a spinner she is. Yeah, um, and I know that I know that they probably know that she's always been capable with the bat, um, but the power she's shown the super smash. It's been superb. Uh, she's been she's been on point. She's uh, it's just really refreshing to see her, and I think particularly without Sophie Devine in that side, uh, I was given her an opportunity to really stand up and and be that leader and and really take the game um, by the horns. So and then they're they're up today, I think, uh, down in uh, at the basin. 
So they're playing the Volts, uh, Worms, or the Sparks. Um, they're kicking off just after we get off, actually, at 11.10. Um, and then that's followed by the Firebirds versus uh, the Volts at, at 2.40. So if you if you want to see how dominant Mielika, I'll probably put the mockers on her now, but how dominant <laughs> she's been uh, of recent times. Yeah, good tune in after this on Spark Sport, um, 11.10, uh, as they kick off that game against the Sparks. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be... Uh Wow, man, it's going to be a good game. She's been going so well. And, I mean, those are the two best teams in the women's game at the moment, the Firebirds and the Sparks. They they? are, yeah, absolutely right. Um, So, Sparks have been the real dark horse, haven't they? They've just got off to a flyer. They've done really, really well. They've kind of gone in under the radar a wee bit, eh? The old magic coach, eh? Craig Cumming. Craig Cumming, magic coach. Uh, the uh, the Blazer, uh, the favourites, I did call them Firebirds, sorry, the fl- Blazer, the favourites, $1.43. Uh, and the Otago Sparks are paying uh, $2.65 in that one. I, I reckon that they should uh, just do what the Northern Brave have done. They should all just rebrand and have one name for both teams so we don't have to keep remembering <laughs> these names. Um, that would be good. But uh, Millie Kerr paying 3 bucks to be the top run scorer for Wellington. Yeah, well, it's not a bad shout. I actually like the money on the Sparks. Yeah? Yeah, I like that. Um, the, the price they're paying to win when they're leading the competition. Um, you know, you'd be, if you're looking to have a dabble, uh, you could probably pair that up with Amelia Kerr and, uh, yeah. yeah. In-game multi? Yeah, yeah. in-game multi. You go Amelia Kerr. Katie uh, Martin Kate, or Susie Bates? Susie Bates. Go Amelia Kerr, Susie Bates and Otago to win. Okay, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that. That's 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 my next mission is to do that. This is SCNZ, uh, your summer breakfast with Mitch McLennan and Ricardo Ball. Uh, trying to lose you money left, right, and centre with our, our friends at the TAB. <laughs> it is ten twenty one here. Uh, thanks uh, to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. The Chemist Hire phone line. Call Baz and Izzy anytime. 0800 from 11 here on SENZ, your summer breakfast with Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball. And Mitch, uh, we didn't get a chance, well, I didn't get a chance to get uh, some dirt on your your penance playing days uh, with, with Foxy, but he uh, Ryan Fox has texted you. Uh, yeah, he said, he said, cheers, mate, uh, you didn't give me an opportunity to wind you up about the first tee shot at Whitford that ended up in the old pro shop. <laughs> Talk so us through was, that. Oh, no, I was just quickly trying to get him off the phone so he didn't have any. To, I thought, yeah, leave it late doors, yeah, just get the plug that I played with. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. The worst part about penance, mate, is that the the worst player in the team tees off first. Right. In front of everybody. Right. So the number there's six six players and the sixth and the fifth guy yeah. tee off first in front of everyone. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to put it down. And then someone had an air horn and nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah. And see that, and that's why I never made it in golf, mate. There no, you go. Yeah, there you that's go. the story. Yeah. You know, I I um I know you played a little bit at Pakaranga, uh, and my uncle used to be the pro there, and I, I played a some an Ambrose tournament there years ago, and there's on the front nine. I can't remember what hole it is, but there's a short par three. There's like a little gully mm. ditch that you have to basically just chip over to the green. And, uh, yeah, but my golf game's never been strong. And I, I had a, I can't remember if it was a nine iron or a pitching wedge or something to get, to get you know, it's probably 80 yards or something. And uh, just opened the face way too much. And running parallel to that hole is quite a main road that yep. goes to Botany. Yep. And um, I managed to put it 
at 90 degrees away from the hole, straight yeah. across the road. It's called a shank, Ricardo. Yeah, it's called it's a shank. <laughs> straight across the road in front of about four car windshields and into the garage of the person that lived across the road. <laughs> it went Man, straight in. There are people who walk up and down that road yep. uh, looking for golf balls. Oh. They've gone over there and into the gutters. So, But you've got some breaking, more breaking news on the Jovac, uh, Novak Djokovic scenario. Yeah, now uh, this is, it's developing quickly. Apparently uh, his lawyers are challenging the decision that's been confirmed by The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald about his uh, visa being cancelled. Um, and Tennis Australia have said this. They've come out pretty hard. They have said a source claimed uh, from Tennis Australia claimed the move was a publicity stunt that solely targeted Novak Djokovic and not other players who had already entered the uh, with the same exemption. Now, if that's true... That's huge because I wasn't aware that there were any other players getting the same exemption, and I'm pretty sure that over in Australia they didn't know either. I'd say they wouldn't know, so they've almost shot themselves in the foot. Well, there and could it be a bunch of other like players. This is who a well, it sounds like it's a coordinated effort to get people in on this medical exemption. Yeah. If you read between the lines there, and it was fine for everyone else. Yeah. Uh, but Novak Djokovic, with his public display of not saying his status yeah. and that kind of stuff, um, you know, they've kind of targeted him. So by saying that they've targeted him, but <laughs> they've led everyone else through, they've kind of um, put themselves in it, I reckon, I, the I Australian so, Tennis yeah. Open. And the ABF, the Australian Border Force, um, they were the chat from uh, Novak's dad was that he they took his phone off him and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, they've released a statement saying the Australian Border Force will continue to ensure that those who arrive at our border comply with our laws and entry requirements. The ABF can confirm that Mr Djokovic failed to provide appropriate evidence to meet the entry requirements to Australia and his visa has been subsequently cancelled. Non-citizens who do not hold a valid visa on entry or who have their, had their visa cancelled will be detained and removed from Australia. The mm. ABF can confirm Mr Djokovic had access to his phone. Um, so they're, they're putting that to bed. But it's turning into a, uh, a uh, potentially a diplomatic uh, affair too because now the Serbian president, has gotten involved. The Serbian president has released a statement saying, I have told Novak that the whole of Serbia is with him and that our authorities are taking all measures to stop the harassment of the best tennis player in the world. Well, they've just uh, turned those missiles 90 degrees south. <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, this could get ugly. Yeah. Um, I, I did like this reply to that. Uh, if by harassed he means not filling out his visa form wrong. <laughs> Clearly, he's not watched Border Security on TVNZ. Yeah, what a great show. Yeah, well, there you go. If he'd watched that, he would have been exactly. far I'm more surprised. prepared. I'm surprised that's not in the top five shows watched in Serbia. Yeah, exactly. Should be right up there. Should be right up there with the Kardashians. Uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely. This is uh, your summer breakfast, Mitch McClendon and Ricardo Ball. Uh, we are just about done. Surely we're going to cross to Sydney. It looks like they're getting underway on time today. It looks like overcast conditions, but hopefully not as much rain according to uh, what we have uh, what we saw yesterday. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that gets underway soon. Oh, so actually, no, this is, this is another replay from yesterday. <laughs> I just saw them all walking out. I was like, <laughs> hey, play we, we start at 4.20pm. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, hang on a minute. It's only 9 o'clock over there. There you go. For all your nearly correct sporting information, stay right here. It's the NZ.